Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Philosophy, Science, and Religion podcast. My name is George Ortega. I'm here with Chandler Klebs, uh, WSD Time, <laughs> Jamie, Trick, Slattery, and hopefully we'll be joined by Papa later. Uh, did I miss anybody? Okay. It's all right. Now, this is going to be a, a kind of like a sensitive topic. And because of that, I'm going to like give a you know, somewhat extended introduction. Basically, the topic is whether men or women have done a better job at their evolutionary roles. Okay, and, and I'm going to explain, you know, eventually also why it's important, why it's not just an academic question to understand this. Um, all right. Um, and um, all right, I'll get to what I mean by, by um, evolutionary roles later also. But like, just as a personal note, um, this, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really the opposite of a misogynist. In other words, I, I've always adored women. Um, from first grade to sixth grade, I had a crush on this one girl. And I think in junior high school, I had another crush. I, and, and I think part of the reason is because like, you know, um, I'm, you know, by temperament, I'm, I'm an artist. I used to be an art major in college. You know, that's not where I eventually went. But, you know, I just find women very beautiful. And interesting, like there's um, there's an expression that's um, that I learned maybe ten years ago. It, it's like, you know, people often confuse beauty for goodness, and I think I was very naive in that way for, for a long time. I mean, women, you know, I like women. Women, I, I think, are are perhaps more moral than us men, but but anyway, I just want to like. And the other thing is like, you know, I've actually done some, hopefully. Substantial. I mean, this work, this back in the mid '90s, I believe, I took it on. Um, I, I I promoted this idea of gender balanced government. You know, there's a few governments that had uh, tried this or proposed this or had this as, as part of their their system of governance. And basically, it's the idea that you know, like I I think I uh, collected a couple of thousand emails. I, I just scoured the internet for uh, women's studies professors. Um, uh, what else? Sociologists, different things. Anyhow, and I sent them this report. And the idea was that, like, you know, in the Senate, in the House, uh, state legislatures across the board, local, state, and federal government, it should be 50-50 gender balanced. For example, if there's one senator who's a male from one state, this, the, the second um, senator has to be a, a female, you know, vice versa. Um, and the other thing I, I want to relate is, like, Back when I was Orthodox Jewish in, in the mid '80s, you know, there was a there was a teaching that I um, that I that I came across, and the, the teaching was that when the Messiah comes, you know, the world is supposed to be run by women, and and I always like appreciated that. In other words, like the idea of a world run by women, in, to my mind, would be a much more compassionate and happy world than a world run by men as it is now. Okay, so that's that's my basic position. So there's no understanding. But here's here's why I'm presenting this. Um, I somewhat agree. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Um, yeah, I somewhat agree because I, if it comes to me with the ghetto and these the way these people are being raised up and be raised up by single parents, ah, uh, that's why I somewhat agree. I ain't saying women can't be leaders, but just when it comes to that, I kind of yeah. That's well, all right, well, and that's. Okay, well, actually, I, I believe, you know, like, um, I'm reading a book on this now. Then um, again, that's women, where everybody. Yeah, women, for example, now, um, 
they outnumber men in medical school and law school. You know, they get more um, bachelor's degrees than, than men. You know, they're, they're really excelling. However, they're not, they're not, um, they're not at the, the top levels of business. And uh, according to this woman who, who I'm, I'm reading her book right now, it's one part of it is that many, far fewer women aspire to, to leadership roles than men. So in other words, you might have 3% of women wanting to be the CEO of a com company, whereas like 70% of men might. But anyway, all right, the reason this is important is because, um, okay, um, we find ourselves like not caring, for example, about the plight of animals, you know, like, you know, basically we just like, you know, we, we, we're so cruel to them, we, we virtually torture them in factory farms. Um, we, we don't seem to care about the um, future generations. Um, we're not all that happy. You know, I mean, like the, the average American is about 70% happy, which is, it's not bad. You know, but, but the average person, even like the happiest among us, is generally happy about 54% of the time. Um, and, and, you know, and I, I mentioned that to kind of like to suggest that I think the happier we are as a species, the, the better, the more moral we, we'd be. Because like, you know, if happiness is really what we want, if we're happy, you know, we're, gonna, we're not going to be as cruel. Um, and so, all right, so now to the gender role thing. Um, my, my primary fields over the last several decades have been psychology and sociology. Um, and in sociology, you know, throughout the 30,000-year, let's say, span of, of the human um, homo sapiens, you know, the, the modern man, um, there have been roles. In other words, like, because of our strength and our aggression, you know, interestingly with aggression, um, the difference between men and men is, and, and women is greatly exaggerated. We're much more similar to women than, than we're different, but the, the one major difference is men are, are much more aggressive. So anyway, because of our stronger size, you know, our aggression, we have, um, we have our role in It's in also society. because of our hormones too that makes us aggressive, George. Is that what? It's also because of our hormones as well, remember to Yes, thank you, thank you. All right, so like because of, you know, how we're biologically made, you know, our role has been to to provide for and protect for the family initially. And now, you know, I think in our modern, modern world for civilization. In other words, we, you know, before we were protecting the family from wild animals and, and we had to kind of like secure the livelihood of the, the family in terms of food, shelter, clothing, all that stuff. Okay, the role of women historically, traditionally, and it's still, for the most part, it stayed the same. I mean, there, there are women who, who work and there's stay-at-home dads and stuff. But primarily, it's, it's basically the case where women historically have been um, the nurturers. In other words, like, sometimes women are described as, as social police people. You know, like, they will gossip. If somebody's doing something wrong, you know, they, they, their job has been to uphold morals. Basically, I think their job has been to make life better, to make us human beings more, more human, more kinder, more, more evolved. 
I, I think, you know, I think they are more evolved than, than, than honest guys. You know, like, you know, they have, I think, <laughs> I think they're more attractive than we are in a certain sense. And, you know, um, and, you know, like they have less hair or whatever. That, that, I just, I, I think that like as a, you know, that they are, but, all right, so fine. Um, the, the thesis that I'm presenting is that even though women, I think, are, you know, a bit more evolved than men, I don't think they fulfilled their role as, as, as well as we have. Uh, and, and that's a huge problem today because basically, in other words, um, we, have, we have a civilization that now has the ability to blow ourselves up with, with nuclear weapons. It has the ability to end civilization uh, through um, greenhouse gases. And, you know, we have the ability to do a lot of harm when we do a lot of harm. So, so like, you know, getting back to the, um, the gender roles, men, men, I think, have succeeded, you know, incredibly. In other words, like, if, if we were good enough, if we were fair enough, if we, if we cared enough, we could feed the world 10 times over, probably with, with, with you know, twice the population or all. You know, we, we, we provided, you know, as much of the technological knowledge, tools and all for, to protect and, and, um, and provide for our sustenance. Ta many times over in a lot of cases, but we haven't had similar success with our evolution as, as, as human beings. Now, maybe that's, you know, maybe women have had a difficult job, um, but, but the thesis today is that like, you know, and, and, and the reason I'm doing this is like, you know, Sometimes we, we men tend to put women on pedestals. We sometimes make them think that we're, they're much better than we are. I mean, they, they may be better than we are morally, but not all that much. And sometimes, you know, you know it, it could be the, the case that I'm making is that in certain cases, you know, in certain circumstances, they really haven't done as good a job as we have in, in their roles. Um, let's see. So, so, so basically, yeah. Um, so to the extent that women kind of like think, yeah, men are the problem and, you know, we, we suck and all and look at Donald Trump and all, then that might make feel them feel better. And, you know, we may not want to challenge them <laughs> because, you know, a lot of men are, are you know, shy to ch challenge women in, in, um, in issues of morality. But again, like, for example, like, uh, let's take, let's take veganism, vegetarianism versus carnism, right? Um, I don't, you know, I would, I would imagine among the, the genders, there, it may be 60, 40, who knows, maybe like, um, 60% of the vegans, vegetarians are women, you know, um, 40% are men, but even, you know, basically what I'm trying to say is like the human race is, is, is really, we need to become much more moral than we are. And to the extent that we give, keep giving, um, women as a, as a gender, somewhat of a pre free cat, uh, pass as guys because we're so bad, you know, we may be kind of like um, not, not being responsible in addressing um, something very important. And, and again, like, uh, I just want to end with the, the our, our personalities, who we are, are naturally, as you guys know, a product of our nature and nurture, our genes and our environment. And in psychology, it's basically known that like our personalities, who we basically are, 
is formed within the first five years of life, sometimes between the first first two, three years, whatever. But but those those years are exceedingly dominated by the woman's um, influence. So in other words, like so, um, to the extent that we are successful in making this case, and women, you know, maybe concede that as as horrible as we men are, we have fulfilled our evolutionary role, and and they haven't, you know, as as hopefully um, will agree. Then, to the extent that they begin to fulfill it better by, you know, um, raising kids to be better by, you know, by promoting th this 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 deeper morality, um, maybe we have a chance at, at at you know addressing climate change and, and you know at not blowing ourselves up with you know nuclear weapons and stuff. So, so all right, so go ahead. Trey. Okay, so so George, you you said a whole lot there. So I I kind of I kind of took notes if you don't mind. So I, I just wanted to go through some of this stuff. First, first you mentioned the whole you you're looking at for gender balance in government, which which is I think this is a good thing. And in fact, in Canada here, they're they're actually doing that. There's um, Trudeau formed the first uh, Canada's first gender balanced cabinet where where the women and men are equal. So that's kind of interesting that you mentioned that because that's actually happened here in Canada. Very cool. Um, so, so you you brought about the the idea of you know the, in the thirty thousand years of Homo sapiens, there's been roles for men and, and women, which which I agree with. There they there have been specific roles that that they've taken on. Uh, you say men provide for and perfect for the family because they're more, I, t I guess they tend to be more aggressive and and a little more strong and things like that. Um, and, and sure, that was probably evolutionarily uh, important at that time. Um, uh, you say that they uh, secured livelihood and gathered food and things like that. And um, even even in the most recent times, men have been known to be the, I guess, breadwinners. Um, that's changing. Uh, it's changing quickly. Uh, and I think it's going to... I mean, I think it's going to change even more quickly as as time goes on. It's it's there's there's no reason why that that part wouldn't change. So 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 when we when we when we talk about these things, we gotta we gotta recognize that that we're talking about these past features that they don't they're they're not they don't really apply to today today when we have uh, equality. So so in the past, women you know in the near past, women couldn't even. They didn't have the rights that men had because because it was primarily men dominated. Um, so so they took on those other roles that you're talking about the the nurturing the um, yeah basically the nurturing the, the the nurturing aspects the the raising kids and things like that. But but today I don't think that that has to be the case either. Um, so when you're saying something like they're not fulfilling their roles, I think. That these roles are changing. They don't. They don't need to have these specific roles anymore. As a matter of fact, they can have the opposite roles. They could be the the breadwinner and the provider, and the men can take on the nurturing roles. Um, and that's just as reasonable and logical today. Um, e even with our, I guess, hormonal differences, uh, th this is the case. Um, so, so it's kind of you're you're kind of Putting putting a line somewhere that that in this historical uh, 
And 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 when you're saying that they failed in their roles and historically, I'm not really sure what you mean by that. If you're saying that they they had these roles, like in what sense did they fail? So I guess that's the first question I want to ask you. Right. Um, I don't I don't think Trick. I said I, they failed. I, I, okay. I, I said they did, they haven't done as well as we men have. Well, why do you say that? Why why do you say that? Like, like let's let's say that these roles, these specific roles, historically have been the case, right? Women raise children and men uh, provided in, in the past. Why do you say that they haven't done it as well? Okay, well, again, look at our cruelty toward animals. You know, like the horrific cruelty toward uh, farm animals. Look at our um, our our wars, our, our our first world war, second world war. Um, so so wars wars are wars are. I mean, you, we can blame the men for that for that type of thing. So so you're saying that the women are these moral upholders, I guess, and that I don't see historically. Like like I don't see that as being. As a matter of fact, most laws in the past were made by the male dominated. Uh, society, basically. So, so, so they were the moral upholders, not the women. The women nurtured and things like that, but they they abided okay, but, by what the men told them to, basically, at that time. Right. Trick. Trick. To understand my point better, um, again, consider that um, you know, throughout maybe twenty nine and a half or so of the last thirty thousand years, women have been predominantly the nurturers of young children, you know, from birth to five, you know, whatever, you know. And, and, and this is the time where our personality is molded to a great extent. I find like we're, we're, we're born as men a bit more, certainly more aggressive than women and all. But, but in other words, like to the extent, for example, you're saying that, that we, we men create the laws, absolutely. But we create laws based on who we are, who we were raised to a great extent to be. Um, so in other words, like looking to the future, if we want a world where men are, are making fairer, kind, or more compassionate, better laws, we have to start with raising um, uh, fairer, more compassionate, um, more moral toddlers, you know, very young children. Yeah, but but I'm saying that the the actual standard of morality wasn't set by women. So so, at least in the past. Now things are changing. I'm I'm saying like, the standard of morality was was based on religion and and all these these um, political ideologies that that arose at the time. They they, they weren't anything that women like. You're talking about animals, you know, the way we we hurt animals, but that's that's how those women were raised, right? So so they were raised by women who were raised by the women who were raised, and same thing with with. So so it all it all comes down to this fund the fundamentals of 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 the moral structure of of, of families raising families, but it but it has nothing to do with them knowing what's the most moral thing, for example. So so you can't say that women were the moral upholders in any way. Well, I will say I'm not in? blaming them. Yep. I was, gonna, I was about to say, can I chime in for a second? Uh, that's the next thing I was going to say was I think that you – you may just be placing the blame, you know, unduly in the wrong, in the wrong direction, because I would say 
you know, when it comes to morals and values and stuff like that and ethics, that's just an evolutionary process that as we acquire more and more knowledge, um, gain more and more information and, and um, just exposure to the, to the world and how things work, we become more moral. Um, women and men have been incredibly cruel and immoral towards animals and towards children. You just look at how things were in like in, in the UK, you know, like in the orphans and child labor and all these kind of things. And um, it, like human beings are just collectively evolving, um, you know, as, as a whole. It, it, it doesn't have anything to do really with with a gender thing. And as far as gender like roles are like trick was saying roles are completely changing like genders are, are changing there's not going to be any more gender you know in, in like a hundred years or something everything is becoming you know just um just sort of uh, amorphic um you know what i'm trying to say like um female is the line between male and female is getting is getting blurred that, that's the direction that everything is moving is that the line you know, between those traditional roles are getting blurred. And a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of fundamentalists would say it's a bad thing. Um, but I just think that's the way that humanity is evolving, that everything is getting switched and crisscrossed. And, you know, what, what matters is more on a, on a holistic sense that, that we all uh, share the same, you know, sort of biocentric values. Yeah. Go ahead. So roll, right, let me, roll. let me, let me, hold on, let me address okay. your, your first point and trick your point, which, which I agree with. This is not at all about blame. And I don't think, you know, we as a group understand that better than anyone. Okay. So it's not to blame women, you know, no, but no, just no. like, for example, right. I mean, like I'm, I'm not blaming them quote unquote for fundamentally being who they are, because as, as you said, trick, I mean, like, you know, they are who they are as a result of their ancestors well, I, i'm their saying ancestors. more than that i'm saying i'm saying that the that they're they're you you you're pitting them as the moral upholders but but i think that in itself isn't isn't the hasn't been the case all along morality is is sort of structured based on on the society based on the societal norms it changes you know with every culture with every with every ethnicity there's there's different levels of morality and it's it, it you know, it has nothing really to do with gender. It's more like who's right. the most popular, you know, who's the, the loudest voice. So let, let's go back. Let's go back to the, the, the basic, you know, question that we're exploring over the last like 30,000 years. Um, let's say the last 29,000, you know, that, that molded, you know, this last millennia. Um, how would you guys, Papa, how would you identify the gender roles of men and women? What, what was, what's, what was the primary responsibility of men and what or what were the primary responsibilities of men what were the primary responsibilities of women well uh, generally speaking it went along with our physiology with our biology if men tend to be physically stronger um more dominant more aggressive those are the roles that they took on like you said like the protector the provider the um you know defending the um the, the homestead and, and whatever and women being more sensitive, more nurturing, um, did all, all that, all their duties when it came to, uh, raising the children and, and cooking and cleaning and whatever. Um, but that, that's a very antiquated, archaic way of looking at it that in the sense that like, I don't think it was ever meant to be just those roles. I think that the humanity, humanity collectively, uh, we should be sharing those tasks, you know, and for whoever is, is better suited, no matter what, um, no matter what gender they are, uh, should take on the role. It should be shared. And the real, the real issue, the real problem is the, 
the destabilization of the family and and because of of the structural violence because of the of the, the the monetary system that the financial pressures and stresses that the parents are not home to raise and, and take care of the kids their kids are being raised by other people by schools that aren't equipped you know everything that the basically kids um don't have the guidance and the moral instruction and the um the role models uh that they should have and that's the real culprit here it is not is not that the women need to pick up the slack but that like that our whole financial system is is pulling uh, families apart and 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 pr- placing like undual pressures on adults um, once they have children, you know, to provide for them. Uh, so they're com- they're always gone. They're they're not there. They're not spending any quality time with their kids. That's why kids aren't being raised properly. You follow me? Right now, you said before uh, actually, that actually, actually. It's not all the time like that. Their dudes, their parents do have the more influence in there when it comes to that sometimes. Like if they say the parent wasn't ready to have the kid. Yeah, it's a combination of both. Okay, and, so, and let's say let's say we agree that, you know, that the, the family is under siege. You know, that like for the reasons you said that, you know, we're basically not tending to our kids yeah, as yeah. nearly as well. There's a lot of factors. Now, right, factors. Pat, so my point is, hold on. Um, about a hundred years ago, um, women launched the suffragette suffragette movement to 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 demand the right to vote. Mm-hmm. Now, um, between women and men, you know, as 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 genders, who would we um, find leading this this demand that our children be? Um, more properly provided for would it, would it be you know the, would it be we men who are more likely to demand this or or the women? What do you mean provided? I mean provided. Yeah. What do you mean for, uh, provided? Well, for example, Puff, I, I don't know if you were here before, but like uh, one of the points that I made, that like in terms of our evolutionary roles, we men have been responsible for providing food, shelter, clothing, and and through our technology, through our collective civilization that again is run by men it's you know what what we've done for the most part um we have we have the capacity to feed and clothe and shelter everybody in the world you know as much as they need to so so basically so so that was our contribution so so then the other part of it is like well if we want to take care of of our kids properly it's not that we're lacking these basic resources it's that they're not apportioned fairly and compassionately. Uh, sure, and I would, I, I would I, somewhat agree with that. I, I would say it's, but again, I would say it, it, it has more to do um, the the destabilization or or where things are are falling awry has more to do with um, the the way that the, the advancements that society is making. I mean, first of all, this is a difficult subject for me because. I'm also as trick an anti-natalist, and I don't think that we should be reproducing at all or having kids. But once, obviously, once the child has been brought into the world, then we need to love and care for them as best as possible. And I think the the greatest job that there is is to being a parent. You know, like bad parenting is the cause of all the evil and violence in the world. You know, in my eyes, so it's absolutely the most important thing. Exactly, is, um, parenting. So, so right. if you're asking me what makes a what makes a good parent or what what makes uh, 
human beings, why are human beings being raised without ethics and morals and values? I believe it has to do with the direction our society is going, not so much with our genders, with the gender roles or, um, or, or male and female not, um, not fulfilling their, their duties, but more of the, the whole of society um, in that like – in that kids are, are much more intelligent now than they were even 10, 15 years ago, much more uh, tech savvy, but much less um, sort of character, identity. Everything is, has been lost when it, in terms of like um, a, a sense of uh, – just, just a solid foundation – you know, a sense of identity, a sense of self-worth. It's continuous seeking of validation and reinforcement um, from external, uh, you know, media and whatever it might be through Facebook, through social media, um, you know, validation through relationships, through um, everything's external, uh, superficial things, their, their appearance, their, you know, the way they dress. I mean, it's always been like that to a certain extent, but it never more so now are we living in the most superficial and shallow, you know, empty kind of in terms of character. Um, like I was in the Boy Scouts growing up as a kid and you can't even make, you can't even talk about Boy Scouts without there being some kind of joke about like scout leaders being pedophiles or something. But the Boy Scouts was like a really noble, um, sort of group and organization that, that had some, some really solid values and stuff that were just embedded in there into the, the, the program and that things like that, just, even though they still exist, it just doesn't exist in terms of like the mainstream anymore. Like what kid is involved in Boy Scouts anymore, you know, but it was a very, like a very rugged kind of rustic thing. We were camping and hiking and fishing and, and, you know, going out on trips and just doing a lot of physical stuff. And, and it, it, it was, it was healthy. I think it was really healthy in a lot of ways. And what I'm saying is, um, what's lacking and what's missing, it, it's, it's, it's our, our, our character and our, our personalities and our focus and our interest and our attention are on completely different things. It's on making money. It's on, it's on materialism. It's on, you know, buying things. It's on providing stuff, but not on the relationship, the actual relationships between um, the parent and the, and the child. That's what's actually right. missing. And that has that's nothing pop, to do with gender. That's just, I, yeah, would, I would extend your point. I, I would extend your point. For example, um, Men have been in control of women, of children, of, of the world for millennia, you know, maybe for the entirety of these 30,000 past years. Now, for example, like we, you're right, it's, it's, it's our capitalist, materialistic um, culture that, you know, men have institutionalized. Now, you know, to the extent that, that women, you know, may not be fulfilling their you know, sociological evolutionary role as best they could, you know, if, if we were looking to assign blame, we could blame men. For example, um, you know, um, there, there's like, there's a saying like, nothing exceeds a woman's love for, for their child, you know, neither romantic love nor fraternal love, you know, the, 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 the woman's, uh, a mother's love for a child is, is from my understanding, you know, it's like right. the strongest love we have. So we have a male-dominated culture that, in my mind, um, completely duped women, duped us all. In other words, like, basically, it turned, we turned women's nurturing maternal love against them. In other, and what I'm talking about is abortion. You know, like, 
basically it's a woman's, you know, what woman in their right mind would want to kill their own child, right? But we have so corrupted our culture, we as men, that um, I don't know, there's some kind of like scratching in the back. Uh, we have so corrupted our um, our culture as men, we corrupted women's, um, you know, greatest, strongest maternal nurture, and we now have them thanking us for giving them the opportunity to kill their unborn children. And yeah, so, this, so again, this is a complicated, of, very great yeah, complicated issue. There's many, many issues involved here. It's I, I agree with you, and and I want I want to say it's. Uh, the, the the character and the personality of men have have corrupted women and I would say you know women on, on the pendulum effect trying to win back their rights and and also seek uh, equality have have sort of condemned men and and there's this hypersensitivity and that you know you even say something to a woman and it's sexual harassment and it's all out of whack it's all just out of proportion it, it just and there's there's so many issues here I mean I, I don't even know where to where to go with it. <laughs> I have a few things to say. Okay. Now, first of all, it is true that historically in the past, there are certain roles that men and women have fallen into due to biological differences, I'm sure. Of course, there was a time when it was relevant that men were physically stronger, and for that reason, there may have been a survival benefit for them to to fight off predators or other, other attackers, other humans as well as that they probably hunted for food sometimes. And so I think what happened is those the men have forced, especially in recent times, they forced these roles on women. They have to be the nurturing moral upholders like what George is saying. I feel like this is a role that men have forced on women, and these women haven't actually agreed to it. You know, they've just kind of been forced into it against their will, although some – have made the best of it and do a fine job of raising their children to the best of their ability. But let's consider a few things. We live in a world where people believe in free will, which is very delusional. We live in a world where think with full of religion, where people do things not based on consequences in this life, but based on belief in an afterlife. And so you have so here's the deal. There's so many reasons why we can explain what's wrong with the world. It is complicated, but I don't think the solution is as simple as women need to fulfill these roles better that they haven't even necessarily agreed to. But, you know, I do have a few things I, that I do agree with you on, George, here. In general, it does seem that women are more compassionate. There's something about them that makes them in general more compassionate and in general more moral and so it's weird because there is sort of a double standard like men do all sorts of you know really dumb immoral stuff and people say oh boys will be boys but then if a girl or a woman does the same thing then all of a sudden it's awful and they're criticized for the same thing that goes back to yeah Chandler that goes back to those to those roles of you know of, of having to appear um you know, having to live up to, to certain standards and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. But, but, but Chandler, I have to, I have to challenge one thing you say, um, <laughs> um, women's nurturing role, the role is, is more compassionate. I don't believe it was forced on by men. I would, I believe it was forced on them by nature. And to explain this, for example, in today's world today, you have like 
men going off into the military, killing and, and learning how to kill and becoming very violent and becoming a danger to the family when they come back home. So, so women are trying to, like, you know, make these soldiers that come back, you know, basically behave, be, be moral, not, not have that, that kill or be killed mentality. And so this, I think, extended back thousands of years. Men are going out fighting wild animals. They're coming back with all this adrenaline, all this, like, aggression. And women had to, I think, not because men forced them, but because nature and circumstances forced them to foster compassion, foster sensitivity, to make... Hum, uh, men more human, more more humane. I was just going to say, I think Chandler just meant that it, not not so much that it was forced, but they're trying to keep them in those roles. That they're trying to keep them in those roles now. That it was probably the roles that were always there, and now it's just that, that men have have tried to keep things status quo. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you you can go back to Neanderthals, right? Where 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 you know they would just drag women. You know, they're basically owned owned by the men. You know, That's a cartoon, that, man. You hit him enough. No, no, it's not a, just a cartoon. Well, yeah, I wanted to respond to what George is saying, though. I mean, now, first of all, it is, you know, it is true that in a sense, women have had to try to fix what's wrong with the men, and they've had to protect the children from the men half the time because men have been very aggressive and violent and doing awful things. And it's really, really sad because, yeah, I agree that these women were compassionate and that was why they even tried to bother with such a thing. But you know what I think has happened is I think women have gotten tired of this. I think they've gotten tired of for, for countless ages of constantly having to fight off men and, and this whole the, – here's the deal is we live in a world where tons of children grow up um with single mothers because the fathers have just they've run off either they they just impregnated the woman and then ran off or they you know they had to go to jail because they were violent or something you know what i mean it's like well they're not around chandler oh they're not around my thing is my thing is why is the woman pregnating this guy if you know this guy's violent why would you bring your kids into that situation oh boy yeah see this is this is where it gets really tricky because unfortunately we have we the problem is so vast that i think um trick and poffo and i all agree that the best course of action is is not to reproduce in the first place you know because that i mean that solves the problem i don't think that that our solution is just just somehow make the women be better. I, I say let's have the men be better and not have sex with the women in the first place. All right, Chandler, but all right, you know, if, if you may, you guys may be right, but it seems improbable that people are going to adapt, adapt that right. attitude it's anytime not realistic, soon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's, so that's and, not so I, I want to I want to present another way that I believe men have, have duped women. Um, and again, back when I was Orthodox Jewish, I learned that, like, for example, what's, what's the most important um, job, uh, task of, 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 of a community, of a, you know, a, a tribe or a group of people? And um, in ancient Judaism, it was education. And, and my teaching, what I learned was, like, you know, the, the Jews were a nomadic people. You know, they traveled from place to place. And the very first task, whenever they got to a new settlement, place of settlement was to to create a school a school for the, the children because they understood the, the importance of nurturing good children to become good people 
Now, Maybe in later, getting later back times, to and, and, biblical and so times. I personally, hold on, hold on, Papa. So personally, I believe that the most important job a person can do, bar none, you know, generally speaking, is to raise children. Now, men, I think, what we, we duped women into believing, oh, no, raising children is like baking cookies, like it's so menial, you know, we want you out in the workforce, you know. And so women bought that stuff, you know, thinking that, that our motherhood was, was like just a, a menial nothing job when it's, it's so much more important than other stuff. And, and the reason men did this is like the, the rich men and all was like they knew that if they got women out into the workforce, they could pay them less, much less than men for the same labor. So this is another area where, like, you know, we've corrupted women to now want to work, to now kind of like want to spend their time, you know, at jobs, succeeding, the, at, you know, for more material worth at the expense of their kids. I, I don't know if, if it was men that did this. I mean, I, I think it was probably women who once once we, we started becoming more equal with men in rights and things like that, they realized that that to be reliant on a man is problematic here. So, so yeah, it was. It was it's I mean, part of the same evolutionary process of of women, you know, fighting for for equality, fighting for their rights, fighting for respect and, and dignity. Um, and I and I absolutely agree, George, that like everything you just said. I mean, I agree. Like, um, raising kids absolutely is the most important most important thing anybody could ever do. It's the most important job. It, it, like once once you once you get a girl pregnant and you know you're going to have a kid, I mean your life is over. You should just dedicate and devote everything to that child. That's absolutely – your life is no longer your own and I – that's how I feel. Um, but like again, we could just avoid this whole thing to begin with and just you know, uh, use contraception and, and don't get pregnant in the first place. But I mean yeah, parenting is the most important job. I absolutely agree. Right. And, and, and all right. So again, like, you know, just as it's probably highly improbable, the society will dramatically shift toward, you know, antinatalism and stuff like that. Um, it's probably highly improbable that the changes in our human psyche and, and who we are as human beings that we I think we need. These aren't just like luxuries we need to survive, you know, considering climate change alone. The, the probability that these changes are going to come from men is probably very small because of the way we are. Our aggressiveness, what changes? Our, 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 what yeah, changes? Yeah. The ethics? Basically, you know, it's interesting because, like, going back to this, you know, this general theme of, of gender roles, my intent, my intent with this is to empower women, to empower women to overcome our, our aggressive, hostile, callous, you know, um, male ways and demand, demand that, that we, we be kinder, demand we meet, be more compassionate, demand that we provide for our kids, not just materially, but in, in the ways of, of making them good, the kind of people we need for our civilization to, to survive. So you're imposing, ahead, you're saying that the failure of men is dependent on women. <laughs> so so basically you're, you're pointing to the problems that men have and saying it's, the women's well, trick, no, problem. No, 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 no. Like, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying that, like, in other words, if, if human beings, if, if humanity has a has a chance, a fighting chance to survive, I think it's much more probable that it'll come from women than it'll come from men. So, in a certain sense, I'm elevating women's 
you know, role in this as, as a compliment. And if I were to say, well, women don't, you know, it's, it's, why, we, why we, can't men the men's gonna... role change? Why, why, why can't they, you're, uh, uh, you're, you're, you're making it seem like men are some static thing that, that they, they can't evolve as well. Well, I'm I say, just, I'm I say just, human you know, beings need to, human beings in general need to, to evolve male and female uh, and hermaphrodites okay. and every other, why, every other kind of person that there is, you know? Like just needs to right. Why do why do I um life. why do I single women out for this? Again, we have to go back to basic psychology, basic child rearing. Um, you know, the from the the woman is the predominant influence in a child's life in the, those first few years where the child's personality is formed, and and that personality makes them who they'll be as an adult. So this is this isn't something again that was imposed on women by men this is this is nature and it survives still today even if the woman is a a, a woman who who um who also has a job you know the women are the or basically women and and this is kind of like a um an honor that they have you know basically they they are given the responsibility to to nurture our our, our kids into into being as as best we can you know, I I'm, they, they, I'm suggesting those roles have changed are changing like frequent they're, 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 to, the way it was 50 years ago compared to today is an, an extreme difference regarding who is the caretaker of, of the child I mean it's it's a it's night and day difference from 50 years ago well, Trig, no 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 if, if, in other words, like, if, if you would google like the percentage of stay-at-home dads you know I, I doubt it'd be over 10 percent. Yeah, I still feel it should be done by two, both parents, but yeah. And the problem, the problem, one problem is, yeah, we've, we've, you know, because of our materialism, because like, you know, we men, you know, are not satisfied. Maybe women are at fault with, for this. Also, again, nobody's at fault fundamentally. But in other words, for for many of us, um, people who who don't need two incomes, the woman still is, is out, you know, in the job, you know, just making more money because like people want McMansions and, and three houses and all this right. stuff. That's you know, materialism. materialism. That's again, that's the, that's the structural violence. That's the, the, the imposition of society that it's imposing. Um, it's changing the, the value structure. It's, it's changing where our attention, where our focus and our energy lies. Um, the, again, I, can I say something, George, like I agree with, with the, the spirit of everything that you're saying, and I know, you know, that it's coming from a good place, and, and that you want to see things uh, get better. But honestly, I think this is an antiquated argument. I think that we're, we're this is almost like attacking the symptoms, and what we need is a, a restructuring of our society, like on on a grand scale. I'm saying, like, we need to rethink like how we're living all of these concepts these ideas oh we're supposed to have kids we're supposed to get married we're supposed to do this we're supposed to do that like we need to like like take an inventory uh, you know like of, of the resources that we have of the the direction that that our our populations are going and and just completely rethink everything like i i, I have a, a, a just a totally different um take on this and i could talk about these things but i, I was, almost feel like this is just uh Hold on, hold on. Um, basically, um, yes, I, I would agree with you. It's not the, the whole problem, the, you know, the whole solution to the problem. So let's let's you know. I think we've talked about the, the, the gender roles enough. If you want, let's talk about what else needs to be done. Because you're right. I mean, so much needs to be done uh, to address climate change oh, at all. Before um, we do that, though, before we do that, I just wanted to mention. I, I just I just looked it up. Okay, so in the 1970s, it was six percent that of 
parents that were stay-at-home uh, men. Today, it's 16%, which is 1.9 million. So, so that's just from the 1970s on. So, so it, things are changing, and it's and it's changing exponentially. So, and now that's that, not exponentially. Well, come on, it is. It is considering considering women didn't even have a right to vote. I mean, the whole the whole women um, trick. But you you know the, the meaning working, of exponential. <laughs> yeah, but the whole yeah. When was when when do you think women started uh, taking on the roles of working? Like like well, like, it was basically World War Two. It was right, basically uh, like they no. you know like. Check well, check I mean, this like, out. They, they okay. before that, but you know, slavery. Listen, slavery, human slavery. Okay, prejudice against other races, violence, violence against against blacks, women's rights, children's rights, um, rights for gays and lesbians, homosexuals. Um, now, animal rights. That's what's happening exponentially. Is human beings, male and female, are realizing what's really important, like, like what should be valued, like how we should be treating other organisms. And so like, I would approach this just on a much broader, much broader, um, you know, scope of, of saying like, what can we do to seriously educate people, raise awareness? Um, like I know that, that everyone here, I think, uh, <clears throat> is whether we're vegan or not is, is pro animal rights and, you know, and, and cares about, uh, about the suffering of, of just sentient beings, so like that's what we should be talking about is how to educate people. What what can we do? What philosophy can we institute? What what kind of educational program can can we expose people to? Like how do we just help to enlighten people? And part of this honestly is to stop having children, to stop breeding, stop multiplying and, and getting our populations under control where things are so out of hand and and everything like feeds into the to each of these problems so when you have more kids you have more stress you have more problems you, your patience is low you have financial problems it, it just it complicates everything so the first step is to stop reproducing the second step is to like um you know break away from from this uh j just just from corrupt governments and and you know the the uh just the the way that the societies are are basically running everything and the freedom of the individual is stifled and we don't have, you know, we don't, we don't have schools and education systems that, um, that promote creativity and, and free thought and inquiry. Everything is just pumping out drones and pumping out robots to just be, be cogs in the wheel, to be, to be parts of this machine, to keep society running. It all has to do with the structure of the governments and the culture of society. Religion is a huge part of it. You know, getting away from these these, these antiquated ideas of, of reproduction that was necessary back then. That was necessary in in, in ancient times when we were f struggling against the elements, when we were fighting to become a society, become you know to to become a more dominant species, and and we didn't have the technologies that we have today. So everything is is just completely different. We have to look at things. Um, you know, based on where we're at right now. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. In other words, rather than try to fit women in some role where they fit into the structure, let's just change the whole structure because the whole thing's just wrong. Yeah, but we got we got to oh, also have to look realistically. So I, I I agree with George on this. Like like I'm I'm an antinatalist, but at the same time, I I, I look at Plan Bs because I recognize. Um, the psychology of, of the masses and I don't think we're going to change certain ones very easily. So I, and let's, let's look at us fundamentally guys. Let's in other words, like fundamentally 
beneath the level of, of nurturing of our environment, you know, creating who we are, is the biochemical brain. In other words, like there's some of us um, where our, our mechanisms for empathy don't work that well, so we become sociopaths or psychopaths and all. So there's this, this morality component that's biochemical within us, and one solution could be that just as we have antidepressants to make people who are not that happy, who are actually maybe depressed, uh, less depressed, maybe even happy, you know, I think it, it's not beyond, um, I think bliss it's quite pill. theoretically We're possible. Going back to the bliss pill, right? No, 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 Pablo, this is, this, what I'm advocating for now is not a bliss pill, a morality pill. That, that, you know, find some, find what the mechanisms are that, that, that control what? our morality at the biochemical level. Well, you can't it's have a morality pill, but you might have an empathy pill, but not a morality pill. So maybe it, you can equate it, the two. It, it's practically the same. Uh, when I, can when you, you see look how? Can you see how this can be manipulated though? So that you know, oh, here's a pill, and, and it'll help you think straight and see straight and and do the right things. Well, who's deciding what's right and wrong? I mean, it's a, that can be another form of control, you know. Well, I mean, for example, let's say we we take the the example of like our our treatment of factory farm animals. I mean, I think there there's some elements of morality. Um, you know, despite what many people may say today, because like almost everybody's a carnist, that you know, like it, it, it's hard for for people to be moral while they're you know carnists. I mean, like you know, you again, we a, don't blame them. Yeah, it's environment, a, George. It's all environmental. You were you were going back. You were saying about the um the sociopaths and and psychopaths and whatever. Uh, you know, but seventy five percent of that is environment. It's absolutely like like the the you're a product of of what you're raised in, you're a product of your culture, of the society that you're raised in. So change the societal structure and you, and you change morality. Like you don't have to invent All a right. pill. You just have to have to create a new society. You may be right. You may be right. But for example, at least with depression, you know, according to the research, um, antidepressants and cognitive therapy for depression, you know, which antidepressants are biochemical solutions, cognitive therapy is a psychotherapeutic environmental solution. They're equally um, they're equally um, effective in treating depression. So 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 again, I'm just guessing. Yeah. I'm just guessing, but it could be that the biochemical component of morality may be much more than we um, you know might think. Yeah. I, I agree with George with when it, it comes. I agree with you, George, when it comes to like psychopathy or sociopathy. Like these, these are actual brain configuration states that that we know. There's a there's a missing part of the brain, basically a, a, a key part of the brain that that they're they're working on chips for that actually currently. <laughs> so so we know that there's some, something going on with with like a psychopath or, or, or so you know someone who's a dangerous these sociopath. Are, these are rare cases though. The, right, the majority right. of it is just you're you're a product of your environment. You're a product the of ma your the majority of it is just yeah. You're just get you're just you you're get you're used to a certain idea. You're 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 being fed the food to begin with and you, that's and what you carnism just, is it's indoctrination right. just based on the, the norms the societal and, norms and you don't culture. think about it and, and it's uh, and sometimes when when given the facts there's some cognitive dissonance but a lot of times people can parse out that cognitive dissonance so you need some kind of pill that does that too that none of us, that none of us were born that. vegan we all became <laughs> vegan after we were exposed to the, the right information so it has it has everything to do with just uh raising awareness exposing people to the, you know watching the undercover videos um, you know, just just 
exposing them to the ideas, letting them explore the, the, the concept that, you know, we can, we can live without, um, eating animal flesh, like that it's entirely possible and healthier. So it's all about just, uh, insemination of knowledge of information. All right. So if we go with the environmental approach, what do you guys think, um, it should it be across the board, you know, animal rights, um, you know, gay rights, children's rights, women's rights, or are there some issues that would help people, you know, if, help people's evolve, um, morality evolve better than, than like stop, addressing them all, you know, equally? Stop breaking it. Sure. Stop breaking it up into all these categories. Stop uh, sort of, uh, stop sort of segmenting and, and um, compartmentalizing everything and just say to, to respect and honor life, to respect and honor living beings, living organisms, like, like to make um, life our, our priority, not, you guys should understand this by now when I say it, not, not like life at all costs, you know, extend someone's life that's miserable and, 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 you know, diseased and in pain and suffering, but the quality of life, like the, the, the experience of life itself, uh, to the organism, to the individual, that is the most important thing. Like, like just teach a love and respect for animals, human beings included. That's all you need to do. Like that is the foundation for everything. Like, well, but, said, it's, but it's easier said than done. Right. So, so we know, we know that um, um, you know some, someone raised uh, slaughtering yeah. cattle yeah. is isn't going to have that association, and and you can say to them, but look what you're doing to the cattle. And, it's going to take won't... a few generations. Yeah. It's going to take a few generations for the people who've been indoctrinated, inculcated, to die off, and for the for the next generation, the next generation to right. to rise up and become the leaders in society and and move everything in a right. in a more benevolent and and compassionate direction. Yeah. And, and this is what we see. We see a progression. Like at one time, slavery, pe people, you know, they thought it was okay. Right. Today, most people, at least, well, except for certain third world countries, most people don't think it's OK. Right. Um, Humanity as a whole is not I want to say uh, I always say as a whole, we're evolving. But like societally, uh, culturally, we're not we're not evolving all at the same time. Like like it's kind of a mismatched, like uh, obviously some regions are more advanced than others. But like, yeah, but with with more information, with more and more people, um, Especially those who um, have access to technology, who could spread that information through media, um, you know that they have they have the the resources uh, to to go out and and you know educate. Then it, it makes it easier. Yeah. And and this brings us back to the original topic of 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 sex sex and or female male roles, which I think because of this progression that's happening, those lines are blurring. We we recognize that we can just blur. That whole the whole idea of roles and say men should have those the same roles you know there's no reason a men shouldn't have the same role the roles that you're saying women should have and vice versa men women can have roles that men have i was at a ramen place the other night and it was like uh what was it there was a sign on the bathroom and it just said all gender bathroom or something like that it was like you know oh. um that per, uh, per, uh, person bathroom i, I can't remember what I it was but it was seen something that like that it wasn't male or female. It was. It specifically made the point to say this is an this is an every kind of, every gender bathroom. Yeah. Uh, question. Well, was it one? It was it one um, toilet in there? Is like for um universal. What what? Yeah, so yeah back. Yeah, was it like, WSD, one, back. Was it, yeah, it was it one toilet in there. I think so. Back a couple of decades yeah. ago. I don't know if it's still around, that's but all, a couple yeah, of decades ago. Yeah. We had we had gender 
equal whatever um, co-ed dorms, college dorms, yeah. with co-ed yeah. bathrooms. I don't know if that's still around, but but we are definitely moving in that, See, oh, again, moving because, in that direction. Because of money, because of the monetary system, what happens? Like everything that's se- – sexuality becomes – you know, exploited and it becomes, it becomes used and it becomes, uh, sort of propped up and idolized and, and in America, especially, I mean, in the West, it's just like, you know, every, everything is sexualized, every single product, you know, um, everything is associated with sex and, you know, basically, uh, you know, feeding off of our biological, you know, our biological imperatives or our biological inclinations um, to make money. It goes right back to that. The real evil in the world, I've always said this, you, you want to change the world, change the world overnight, stop people from reproducing, get rid of religion, and get rid of money. Those three things cover every single problem it has to do with ethics, morality, every, every corruption, every, everything you guys have ever talked about on your show came from those three things. And, and if you could change those things or limit those things to some degree, you would have a Preach revolution. It, brother. <laughs> yeah yeah think about I, it just think about it every single problem can be traced right back to that it, it all stems from those things bad parenting um people doing you know evil things uh like basically compromising giving in to their to their you know their lesser natures because of the stress because of the pressures that they're put under um to make ends meet um or as you said earlier chandler um delusional thinking uh, being taught things about an afterlife, about this, a supernatural world, about um, you know, invisible spirits, and and you're burning people alive, and you're and you're stoning women, and you're cutting the heads off of of of, uh, of little girls uh, because of, of of what a holy book says, because of your religion, because of what you believe about a supernatural world that doesn't exist. So you run for president? <laughs> and yeah. I've been talking about this stuff. You you know, yeah, I know. I, I appreciate that, guys, but I mean, it, it's it's because I, I've spent a long time, a really long time, thinking about these issues. And yeah, I'd go it, for it, all, it all goes back to that. <laughs> like, like, get rid of delusional thinking. Get rid of this um, this necessity. Uh, we're the only species on this fucking planet that has to pay to 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 receive our our bread to to get food. You know, there's fruit well, trees no, everywhere. No, no, wait, Papa. We, well, we have to like, pay that. other people. What? Go ahead. Yeah, no. Pop, I got to challenge that. In other words, like we pay, in other words, like somebody might be a carpenter, they build houses and they get like money, which is a medium of exchange to then buy food. But like, you know, hundreds, thousands of years ago, people had to go out and, 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 you know, dig their own food. So it's just a different kind of work. No, no, I'm saying, right. It's, it's, it's devolved. It's changed. It wasn't always like this. I'm saying the system we live in now, um, it wasn't always like this and it won't always be like this. Um, it's it's something that we've imposed on ourselves. Like this is an it's a ridiculous construct. It, it doesn't make any sense. Like money is is it doesn't exist. Like like why do we value precious metals? Why are they precious? Like gold is the weakest metal there is. It makes no sense. Like like yeah, it's heavy. I don't know if it's evolved though. I mean I mean it, it's evolved, but it's not it's not the best system right it, now. It's, it evolved it's, it's for a, convenience. It evolved for convenience since the Templar Knights to uh, as a, as a means. I'm just to, um, I'm just saying we're we're a lot more comfortable yeah. than we are than they were in the, right. in the 1800s. Okay. So you've, got, I mean, you've got those advancements. You've got those advancements in technology, and we have the conveniences now. And I agree. I love running water and toilets and a washing machine and 
you know, I, I appreciate all that stuff. So you're you're, you're making a trade off here. Grocery shopping, right? You can get, you can sure. go to the grocery store and pick up your food, right? You, there's a way. There's a way to find that balance where you know where you can have access to these resources and you're not having to pay the middleman, like like George was saying. Um, so that you end up becoming a slave. You become a debt slave. You become a slave to the utility companies. Uh, we're talking about freedom. If you want people to progress and evolve and, and reach their full potential, they have to have the freedom to be able to think clearly, to be able to breathe, to be able to breathe clean air, to be able to, you know, not have to worry right. about, um, the, you know, the, uh, the quality of the water and, and, and the, and the, whatever the dangers, the corruption, what their, what their kids are having to face when they go to school and stuff. Cause you're in an urban environment. That's just a hellhole, a prison. Like, yeah. So, so now that we, we've evolved, we, we've evolved the technology to have all this stuff. You're right. We have to get, get out of this. Our, because, because our technology. Been, yeah. Our ethics and our morality have not kept in, we've not evolved ethically and morally in step with our technology. We're, we're so well, far advanced technologically but it's our technology speaking. that's, that's uh, going to get us there. It's, it's, I mean, we don't want to devolve into our technology. Trick, our, our technology. Sure. Trick can, um, can help us improve the quality of our lives. But the only thing that's going to help our morality and our, and our sort of our ethical sort of the um, the mentalities of the cultures, um, that has to do with our philosophy. That has to do with how we view right. the world, our perspective on I, life. I, how I, think, I think that the, the single, single most influential corrupter of our world is money and politics. You know, if we just like we're able to like, you know, just obliterate that, you know, that somebody having more money has no more political power than somebody with no money, you know, then that it's, would it's like, that would start everything in motion because, like Jamie, because it's like the Jamie rich. always says, basic income. Right. The, the, re, yeah, resource it's, it's the rich, it's the corporations income. who corrupt, they corrupt our, our, all of our morals. They, they, and what, you know, so they, let's they get use, to the core of that, George. What, what are we talking? We're talking about allowing ourselves to be led and governed by other people. We're, we're allowing, because of the conveniences now that they've given us, government, okay, we allow them to rule over us, and we're not. Well, no, we're not no, I wouldn't go that government. far, Papa, because, like, Papa, government, democracy, as, as it's intended, as it should be, you know, right. is, is we are the government, you know. So in other words, if, if, if democracy, if government is fair, if it's democratic, then, yes, I think it serves our interest, our collective interest best, better than any other, you know, uh, system of order we've established so far, certainly better than monarchy. Um, but but, we're not, but again, we're not, it's the money. We're not self-reliant. That's the problem. We're not self-reliant. And we have this um, this invisible construct of, of money that's that's in the way that that if you take that out, the entire power structure collapses like everything is predicated on the, the financial institutions, on the centralized banks. All we have to do is stand up and say, no, stop paying our taxes. You know, civil, civil disobedience, do exactly what, what Emerson and Thoreau taught um, and, and go against the status quo and, and the norms. Stop the demand. OK, for example, stop the demand for, for meat. You know, stop, you know, um, stop asking for it and ask for something else. Ask for vegetarian, for vegan options and they'll provide for it, man. The fast food places, they're all they're all switching to, uh, you know, vegan pat uh, vegetarian patties and stuff like like soy burgers and, and um, soy patties and stuff. So like all you have to do is collectively ask them. reach a critical mass. There has to be a critical mass of enough people demanding something. And then the, the powers that be will, will they'll have to conform. They'll have to comply. Like, like we're in the majority, you know, they're the minority, but they, they've, you know, structured it in such a way that 
you know, we're blinded to that. We don't, we don't, we don't see our true power. We don't, we don't see, you know, the potential that we have. I mean, watch any movie about, about revolution, the V for Vendetta, you know, and, and you see like, it's, it's a perfect metaphor for what we all need to do. It takes, it right. takes entire mindset. I, Go ahead. Go ahead. It takes an entire ahead, mindset Rick. shift here. So, so uh, I agree. There, there's so many people that have this, I guess, free market mentality, which is is very problematic here. Uh, they think that you know they're more deserving of whatever they get because they've earned it. You know, they 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 think that that the, these imbalances of wealth and, and things like that are justifiable. So, well, so it's well, free market advocates think that any government involvement to try and address poverty is somehow an attack against freedom. You know? Right, right. So, so that's that's part of the problem. So, if you if you just take away money, there's these people who are still going to have these these mentalities of, well, what I do, how, sure. my productivity means that I should be getting more. So, so you, you have to actually start from the base and change that mentality before sure. you can. So it's philosophy. Of we're talking about philosophy. We're talking about that's where uh, work on free will comes in. Yeah, I, the, I the agree. The illusion of free will uh, is the foundation of that. You know that that pride that like I earned this. Yeah, I would I would call it from my perspective, George. I've always said I would say it's the stratification, the disparity between um, the rich and the poor, the haves, the haves not, the 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 lesser life forms. You know, whether it's a child, a, a, the perceived lesser life forms, whether it's a child, an animal. Um, you know, uh, um, uh, like cattle or, you know, ag animals in agriculture, stuff like that. Like it's, it's the, it's the idea somewhere. There's a meme. that says that the idea that some lives matter, uh, less is the, is the core of everything that's wrong with the world. That is All right, in terms change. of, yeah. in terms of changing things, um, what do you guys think of the idea of personality in this? In other words, like, um, do we need an anti-Trump? You know, that somebody who is as good a person as Trump is as bad a person. You know, is that Is that even like, possible? You know, really... <laughs> Do you know what I think? Do you know what I think yeah, about we're, this? We're th you... I'm thinking about Bernie Sanders. No, no, no. L listen, he's not going to be able to get to get up there. Do you, do, you know, do you know what I think? I think that what Trump, what he's doing, well, it can go either way. Everybody can just fall into complacency or because Trump is so bad – because he represents so much of what we've worked so hard to overcome, um, evolutionarily speaking, in a societal sense, I think it's the human, the, the, the human spirit. I believe that collectively, people, it's bringing out the best in people because it, he is actually, he's like the anti, he's like the antichrist. He's representing everything um, that that we hate. So it's making us like kind of dig in our heels and care more about. All the right things. Does that make sense? I've seen. I this, agree with this, you, Papa. Absolutely. I've seen like this this movement that almost like in a in a weird strategic political sense, he's like, I'm <laughs> like Batman. You know, I'm not the I'm not I'm not the president that Gotham wants. I'm the president that Gotham needs. You know, he's gonna he's gonna make everybody um you know stand up and become more moral and and fight for all these issues because now it's on the line, you know, it's like, we're watching our, our rights and our freedoms being, you know, stripped away. And it's not, and even though they've been, I mean, it's been happening like this whole time, especially with Bush and everything. But now that you have a figurehead, now that you have sort of a representative of that, like an iconic figure that represents everything that we're against, 
it's it's going to lead to revolution. It's it's creating like a backlash, is what I'm saying. And it's and if we could organize collectively, organize, put aside all of our differences, put aside all of our all the distinctions, and just say we care about life. We care about the quality of life for human beings, for animals. We care about the planet. We care about the ecosystem, the environment, the biosphere. That's what matters. If we could all collectively unite and just care about the earth, and that includes everyone on it, then we can, we can win because everything that we see that, that we think are the, the source of corruption, the, the, those are just reflections. Those are just like um, you know symptoms of the problem. They're, they're just like what, what's on television. Do you really think that – that what you see in Hollywood is real. I've met Hollywood people. I've, I meet these stars all the time. And, and like they don't represent anything. They're in their own little cosmic bubble. They're in their own little universe. But like that's what, what the public sees. That's what the world sees. So like they think that like you, you know Hollywood represents something, but it, it doesn't. Like these people are just as shallow and superficial and they have all these problems. So I'm trying to say the same thing when it comes to politicians, when it comes to political leaders – Political leaders aren't ruling the country. What's ruling the country is the attitude and the perceptions of the population. And if that attitude and that perception changes, then government will change. Everything will change. So, ergo, yeah. I it teach all comes bio, down to the bio people, bio right? It's yeah. the people that vote in the politicians, right? So, but yeah, but that, that's the very problem. We, I mean, they voted in Trump, know, right? So, and you have you have this large percentage that is that still. Actually, uh, I think Hillary was Trump. supposed to win. I think Hillary was supposed to win, and there was a yeah, big. Well, yeah, it got. Right. It ended up getting. It ended up getting sort of um, sabotaged, you know. And it's and it wasn't. I don't think Trump was expected to win. Well, I think well, Hillary earlier. won the popular popular vote for sure. But but but, yeah. but besides the point, we you still have so many people that voted for Trump that it, that it's it's ridiculous that yeah. So 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 the mindset yeah. shift that you're talking about, Papo, is is like. How do you do it? That's the question, right? <laughs> how do you? How right, do you let, let me address that. Let me address that because, like, I think one of the problems we have as as uh, humanity, and it's it's a problem we've been addressing over the last several years with our um, free will work, is that um, the vast majority of people are really bad at critical analysis. You know, their logic is very weak. They 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 just can't. You know, they don't even understand causality. So in that same way. You know, our problem is morality, you know, that, that basically we're not moral enough. And just as we use the free will, you know, issue to teach people how to think more logically, I think we have to, like, focus on specific um, unfairnesses, specific immoralities to communicate. Now, to my mind, there are three um, immoralities that that far out way in terms of like how immoral they are all else that's the global poverty that <clears throat> 1.5 billion maybe 2 billion people <clears throat> don't have access to clean water or dying kids are dying at a rate of 10 million a year um <clears throat> excuse me um the way we treat animals in factory farms and abortion we abort as many people on the planet each year as die of every other cause um together my question to you guys is, do you think that um, that uh, keying in on, on what's the, the most, you know, unfair part of our planet would 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 be in, would be um, beneficial? George, to yeah, our every one of those morals? problems, George, can be traced back to a lack of respect for life. 
Every I disagree one of those about problems. the abortion one, by the yeah, way. Well, that's the Just thing. To make that clear. Yeah. So, so Mitch and I both disagree with the the abortion one. So even even in our group here, we're disagreeing with with the fundamental ethical uh, topic. So so it's, it's 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 a little more complicated than that, right? And then when we get into animals, people think, oh, well, they don't they don't experience like humans do, even though you know they, they don't look at the facts on that. Um, and it's hard it's hard to give them those facts. It's 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 hard to, I guess, teach them how, if, especially if they just don't want to look at the facts. Yeah, so, and, so and what I, I got to do is watch one documentary, watch Earthlings. Yeah, and see, there's so much that I feel like we've probably all had a lot we wanted to say but haven't gotten a chance because there's so much to be said and so many people who want to share. But what I want to say is that the problem is that the original topic is just like women need to get better, but the problem is we can't even agree on the whole morality. I mean we as a species can't agree on morality. And as long as you have religion and you've got carnism and a warped sense of morality, then there is no chance at women or men doing a good job. And so I don't right. want – I'm not – I totally disagree on the original topic about women's roles, and I'm not – and I don't think it's their role, you know, like it's their job, you know, because it just seems weird. But we, there's so many bigger issues that are just missed because people have a tendency to just blame the mothers. That's what people do, you know. They, they just blame everything on women. And usually it's the men blaming the women while they're not looking at their own problems. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right, but Chandler, Chandler, we went over this before. In other words, like this is basic psychology. This is basic soci sociology. A child's personality is, is formed in the first few years of life, women have have so much influence and control over that, that development than men. George, so this isn't about uh, if I'm a, blame. If I'm this a is guy, about, no, this is a if natural, I'm a guy, hold on, I'm, hold on, I'm looking problem. at my this dad. Is, this is, I'm this looking is, at my hold father on. figure. This is, hold on. This is not controversial. I'm sorry. If you guys study psychology, sociology, this is what's taught. Look at, um, you know, PJ, look at anybody who, who, who studies... Um, um, child development, human development. You but know, you're missing the point, George. It's controversial. Like, like a, a, someone, someone who is raised uh, on, under Islam, for example, their, their mother is going to teach, teach them uh, the morality in the Quran, right? So, so that's the moral structure that they're going to have. The, the mother should, might, might be the one that's teaching them, but the mother's belief system is based on this other system that... that it, it has nothing to do with uh, – it has nothing to do with gender. It has to do with this, this, well, no, this, no, the, no. the culture morality, that the person is born in. Put, um, um, trick, morality extends far beyond uh, uh, laws and then politics. Morality yeah, we agree about that, George, treat, but that's – you're missing the point, George. Individuals. You're missing the point. The point is that I'm what? not denying that women do have influence over their children's development for the first few years. I'm not denying or disagreeing with that at all. The point is those women are going to teach those children for the most part to be Christian or or Muslim carnists, you know? They're they're going to be Chandler, you're missing immoral. the point. What I'm saying is like morality expands Far beyond religion, far beyond it. In other words, like the religions, the religions of the world all teach, you know, carnism. It's all, it's all right to 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 be um, a carnist. They they taught slavery for God's sake. You know, there's so much morality that extends so far beyond religion. And then yeah, right. Not, but but, you know, but what the mother legal. teaches is what the mother was taught, right? 
we're so, just so, saying, right, we're well, just saying not, people, it gets passed yeah, on. That, Everything gets passed point. on. That's my point, Rick. In other words, yeah. the, 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 the mother was taught by her mother, by her mother. In other words, if we're going to change the cycle, we're going to end the cycle, we have to have new mothers teaching their kids much better morals. Or yeah, but it's having like, kids. But you're saying you're thinking the father has no influence on the mother. <laughs> I mean, it, I'm it, not it, saying that trick. I'm not. I'm saying that that this is an established fact that that women have much more, unquestionably, much more influence on young children and on the development of their personality than men. I'm sorry. That, okay, that's, can I say that's something? Can I say something? I want to. I want to take it in a different direction because I don't want you guys to argue because you're all basically you're all making good points. Um, you're just making different points, you know, against each other. But, um. You want to you want to reshape society. You want to like, you know, create a a, a sane and decent, um, healthy world. Okay, create an enlightened society. And in order to create an enlightened society as a whole, <clears throat> you have to start small. You have to start somewhere. Start with a small group. Okay, create a small society of enlightened individuals that can then spread out and share their information with everyone. Okay, and give them the resources required. Give them, you know, uh, whatever whatever it takes. If we're within a financial system, get you know the within the monetary system. Give them the, the, the financial resources that they need, the media, the um, the equipment, the whatever whatever it might be, and let that enlightened society share their ideas with the world. That's how the enlightenment happened. That's how every kind of uh, movement you know has happened. It's it's reached a critical mass, and then the people. Who are who are still under evolve? They either die out in a generation or two, or they have to submit. Like like you know, you you end up either conforming, um, or you, you rebel. But the the stronger basically like like the majority is always going to rule. The majority is going to win. So let let the the let a biocentric philosophy become the majority, and you will have what you want. You'll have an enlightened society. Create the enlightened society. Start with us, and and let it spread out, and let it. Let it infect and infest every, you know, uh, corrupt religious system that that's just based on on bronze and Iron Age mythology and, and all this all these archaic concepts of of when it, men and women's roles and what's right and what's wrong and how to treat animals and and who we are as people like 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 base it off of the philosophers base it off of the science that we have now base it off of the the education level that we have right now before we lose it like we're gonna lose it to these other voices. Who are, who are stronger and more influential because they uh, have better better stories. I can you know? interrupt you for one second. I think Trick's point was that, though, although, let's say, liberals, for example, okay, can agree upon a great deal of things, there will always be some issues that are very polarizing that will split us apart in certain ways. Like, uh, you know, Trick was mentioning earlier the fact that some people in this group disagree about abortion or disagree about even free will <laughs> i mean even though this is even though the mo most of us in the of the regular uh, co-hosts are certainly free will skeptics so we, i mean this movement that you're calling for again i i like it i like it a lot but i feel like there have to be there are certainly certain areas where we're not united so maybe you I have to I find the, the last... four elements yeah. that unite us yeah I had to go to the bathroom, so I only caught the last bit of that, Mitch. But I think what you're saying is that there needs to be a ubiquitous, universal – like like it has to be something that we all agree upon. That there needs to be enough agreement that it, that, it, that it can create the momentum and it can have the force and the power and exactly. the influence. 
that's necessary. Yeah. And and I I'm telling you guys, I've been telling you since I met you, I have it. I already have that. Except like I don't have a platform. I've been using this show and your previous show as a platform for it. And I've done about 20 episodes with you guys now. And I've been telling you from the beginning that I have it. And if you, if you'll read the material, if you'll listen to what I say, if you'll actually listen to my words, I'm telling you, it it gets to the core of everything that's wrong with society, of everything that's wrong with humanity and, and exactly the direction that, that we all want to see it, you know, it, it go into like, you just, you gotta, you got to give me a chance. Couple, I, th- I think we agree that basically it's like we have to value life more and value the quality of life more. We, we all agree, I, I think, you know, that you that's have the right message, thesis. Right? Yeah, but the, the yeah. problem where, where we are now is like, how do we communi- communicate that to the masses? How do, we, how do we use that, you know, how do we teach that to others? This is the miracle. This is the magic of it all. It's already happening on like multiple different levels on, on so many different fronts. It's all, it's actually already happening. All of the movements that, that, that are influencing us, that are influencing the world. They're all pantheistic. They just don't know it yet. Like every movement that cares for the environment that, that seeks to, to honor and respect the individual and, and, you know, free ourselves from the, the male dominated patriarchal society um, and, and bring back the feminine spirit and, and bring more of the loving, the nurturing. Um, that's that's Gaia, man. That's getting back to, to like, you know. So, the... so even even when, when you're talking about this type of thing, obviously there's there's people in this group, including me, that don't agree with you on that. <clears throat> the whole Gaia theory and things like that. Sure, so, it's, so... A, it's an idea. It's a it's a it's a, like a metaphor. It's a concept. Like, yeah, I know. But but, but I'm saying like even ethically. I, I, I think it's a problematic idea. So, so Let, let's have... let's let's hash this out, Trick. Think, think about this for a second. I know that you view nature as cruel and and har- harsh and horrible and 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 awful. I agree with you, but you understand that your morality that is saying that nature is awful came from nature. You are nature, like in an evol- in an evolved form. Okay, an evolved, an evolved manifestation of nature saying killing and, and lying and stealing and murder and rape is wrong. Like, yeah, you don't I'm, I'm, I'm a naturalist. Everything is from nature. <laughs> so so right, that, right. that's so, kind of a moot point. I'm just trying to say I'm just trying to say that, like, you you think I romanticize and personify uh, nature in the natural world and I don't see the ugliness and stuff. And, I, and I'm trying to tell you, I see it all. What I'm saying is like. We are. I'm just saying that we, they don't need a pantheistic the rep- the view. They, they, could, they could just they just need a, a critical thinking view. They just need a um, a logical view, a rational view. They don't need. I mean, pantheism. Yeah, that, I think I agree with Trick. In other words, like I, I I think religion has been our traditional teacher of morality. You know that basically now we've reached the point where it's counterproductive, where it's dividing us more than than it's unifying us. And I think we can teach this this reverence of life and quality of life in a completely secular way. What? Agree. Did you just say agree. that? That's amazing. Well, I, I agree with that. I did so not expect I. George to say that. I completely. Uh, I think I think that science should be our guide. Science and observation should be our guide. Science and our our knowledge of the of the physical world, of the natural world, of our biology should be our guide. Everything goes back to our biology. If we can understand our own biology and we can understand the, the systems um, of the earth and, and, and how things work and the life cycles and, and if we can understand how uh, beings coexist and, and interact and, 
you know, that all comes back to, to science and biology. That's what needs to be taught. That's what needs to, um, you know, right. be at the so, forefront. So, so we don't need it in a, in a pantheistic context, even though, even if you, you put yours in a that pantheistic context. That is pantheism context. to me, Trick. That is pantheism to me, though, see? Yeah, like, but your pantheism it, it, goes into it, it, other things, too. Like, like, it goes into the whole intelligence and the very big beginning and, th- and things like that. that that's unnecessary for for this whole in a way, moral well, I mean, structure. Uh, well, well, sure, but once you understand it, you'll see that it's it's actually a vital part because it is the source of of, of all of this, of all this progress, of all this evolution of, of where, it's, well, where it came from and where it's headed. You say it's the source, but I don't. we don't agree with yeah, you. Yeah, Pop will explain that. Why, why do you say the pantheism is is necessary to, to evolving, um, enhancing our morality? Okay, I, I want you guys to understand something. Pantheism as it stands today... Um, is a very nebulous, abstract philosophy that has no um, no real structure or direction or sort of like format. And when I when I say pantheism, I'm talking about biopantheism. I'm talking about my form of pantheism, which is biopan. So when I say it, I mean it in the sense that we make science and logic and reason our first priority. We we make our our biology <clears throat> um, our first priority. We we it's it's completely secular in the sense that that we have humanistic values, but it's also um, biocentric in that we know that we're not alone on this planet. That that we live, you know, in an environment with, with trillions of other organisms that we're all interdependent and interconnected. So it's it's so many more things. Too. It I mean, starts that, that's with a the secular found- understanding. It, okay, but it starts with the foundation though of recognizing the divinity of nature. And I know you don't like those words, but yep. the idea nope. See, is that, that's, that's the, the idea you, is as soon as you say that word, trick. that's the problem. Well, you're having, and, you're and having what do you a mean jerk, by that, Papa? What, what you're having a knee-jerk reaction? What do you trick? mean by that? I will explain, Papa. What the, is the, the divinity of nature? <laughs> the greatness, the all-encompassing nature, the all-encompassing quality, the supernal quality of of essentially like uh, the laws of nature. That the laws of nature supersede everything. That we are, we are. Everything is contingent on those laws. That nature but that's is science. Exactly. That's my point. Pantheism is science. It's, that's not it's, divinity. There's no divinity to to the laws okay, of nature. Okay, Drake. Let, let me just throw out that word. Don't don't use the word divinity. Okay, greatness. That the greatest thing is our is science and our biology and the material world, the physical world, um, our our observations of nature, uh, our study of the sciences. Uh, essentially, that this. This planet, this earth, this material, physical reality is where our focus, uh, all our intentions, um, everything should be, you know, in this present moment, you know, on this life, not on a supernatural realm, not going, looking back to the past, but using the knowledge, the technology and the skills and the abilities that we've acquired over these millions of years. So Use whatever words you want to use, but listen to the actual words that I'm saying. Okay, I'm right, right. All, all that stuff I agree with. All, all that stuff I agree with. I mean, but but it's that's entirely secular. But then as soon as you say that intelligence, like in the, the Big Bang or whenever, is needed, you know, I'm not going to. Prior... I'm not going to. I'm not going to get into. Well, we can have a separate uh, discussion about well, this. Trip, oh yeah, I, know, I, know. I don't want to get just, sidetracked. But but what I, I, I want to say is, I just point out doesn't have to be a pantheistic context. It could just be a okay, totally secular but, uh, context. Trick. 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 That's not even. That's not even part of, of general pantheism. That's my pandeism. Okay, so that's not even part of pantheism. 
So let's just throw that out for, for a second because it's irrelevant right now. All that matters is where we are right now and where we're going, right? Where we're headed. We, don't, we care about the future. We care about the present. We care about the future. So what I'm saying is reverence for life, okay? Reverence for life, care and concern for the environment, you know, concern for the ecosystem, um, like an awareness of the interconnectedness and a, a respect. There needs to be a respect taught for the natural processes that, that govern our lives. And I'm talking about like our biology, like when you get hungry, when you when you get tired, when you when when you defecate, when you when you have uh, sexual uh, inclinations, when you when you have sexual urges, these things run our lives. So let's stop pretending that they don't exist. I'm saying let's Dude, go back I, to I, the laws of nature. I, I think it's all about this, this golden rule that I, I don't believe it's a religious concept. You know, whether it's framed in the positive or the negative. Do unto do, others as, as you'd have them do unto you. Right. Or don't do unto others what you don't want. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what it's all well, about. That, that's, that, that's again, me. that is pantheistic because it's saying, I am like you, you are like me. There's there's this unity, there's this monism there. We're all one, we're, we're united, we're connected. So if that can be taught, what you're talking about no, but, is, uh, George... If you're if you're like my brother or you're like you're like a part of my body, like you're my hand, I'm not gonna, you know, treat my hand bad or, or, or you know, you know what I'm trying to say on my foot because it's a part of me, it's connected to me. So if I see myself as connected to you, I'm not gonna disrespect you and treat you bad because we're we're a functioning part of of the whole. So I, I, that's no, I don't. Need to be taught. Papa, while this, this sense of unity may be beneficial, I'm not sure it's necessary. In other words, let's say we see each other as completely separate, right? But let's say I know that, that the same kind of feelings I have, you have, that's all we need. Right, right, right. There, there is, this, this is called dialectical monism. Okay, dialectical monism means that, that within this unity there is distinction, there is polarity. But that doesn't mean that anything is actually really separated. It just means that it appears... Uh, presently right now you know to be it's differentiated and it's kind of scattered and split up that that's what it means so of course you're way over there i'm over here we have totally different life experiences um but you know our dna is like 99.9 percent .9 the same you know we're, we're both uh, made of carbon-based atoms do you understand so like it's an illusion the distinction the separation that we experience are just sort of colors and tastes and varieties of the same thing. That's what needs to be taught. So if you t if you teach someone that your puppy is the same as the sheep, is the same as the chicken and the cow and the baby, you love and respect life. No, See? it doesn't mean you love and respect life. It just means you you you're, you have a concern over suffering. So um, I mean, the suffering of those life forms. That's what I mean. Right. You have a concern over the suffering of those life forms. Correct. Doesn't mean okay, you, so you love or respect life. <laughs> That's 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 how I define life. Trick is the organisms that represent, uh, you know, the the experience of life. That's how I'm defining life. Okay. I know, but you but you don't have to love and respect life. You can you can say, oh, it's problematic, and that's why you you're concerned about the suffering. Let's say uh, Papa, I, ca Papa, I, I care about the quality of, of the living living organisms, their experience uh, once they're brought into into existence. Okay, once they're created and they're brought into existence. I, I care about their their experience of life. I care about their their being, their suffering, their pain, right. their joy, their happiness. Exactly. Okay? Yes. So I've got a question, we're on the a same page. You maybe, just hung up on semantics. Go ahead, George. I've got a question that may be somewhat tangential, but um, the first question is: Do you believe that our lives are eternal? And um, and if not, um, then doesn't I mean like in other words, like we we sanctify quote unquote we value life, right? 
but if our lives aren't eternal, if we're like here, this is what this is what you guys were talking about. Hold on, come on, let me finish. Let me finish. So yeah, yeah, so like if if we're like here, eighty, a hundred years, and we're dead, a hundred gazillion years or whatever, doesn't it make more sense to value death than to value life? There's a lot of noise going on. Um, Okay, you there? You guys there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. The quality of existence of the life form, no matter how limited or extended their life is, is what matters, is the quality of the existence of, of each individual life form. It's not that we should value death, but we should have a sober, um, intelligent, logical, rational awareness of, of, of the um, – of the impending, you know, irreversible nature of death, you know. So that, right. that's there, that's what needs Papa, to be taught. People need to be taught a reason to, prepare, I ask this. to prepare for for the end of their lives, but there's, they're not. There's a reason I ask this, and and then yeah. this, you know, like it, it may be part of, of of our problem. In other words, like um, to the extent that we believe, you know, secularly, scientifically, that we're we're alive for eighty, hundred years, then we don't ex- uh, we cease to exist. You know, I think that idea that prospect breeds in a lot of people oh my god i'm just here 80 100 years this is all i've got that means well you know like it'd be nice if the other person had as much as i it'd be nice if their um if their needs were tended to but hey this is all i've got and i'm like you know do it to the this is to the max this Whereas, is the, like, the, if you, if the you, hold on hold, on, hold yeah. on where if you if you cultivate the idea oh my god we have eternal lives then like, you know, then all of a sudden we don't have to cram everything into this 80, 100 years and we can maybe like, and again, it's theoretical. This not, I'm not saying it's like, yes, you know, it's, it's, you know, I'm not saying this is like, you know, uh, an answer, but it's something to think about. It may be that, that considering that we have eternal lives may make us more humane by not needing to cram everything into this life. It can if go either way. Cause what, yeah. what you're talking about is the, the you know, let, let's eat, drink, because tomorrow we die, so let's live like heathens. And it's the hedonistic imperative and you know, um, seeking pleasure as much as you can now. I, I understand. But it can go either way, George, because, because you think you have the confidence of eternal life and whatever, you're not going to take care of the earth. You're not going to take care of the environment. You're not so worried about what goes on because God's going to take care of everything. You know? Well, no, you, no, wait you, a minute. No, no, no. Like, this, I, I, I personally – no, Papo, I personally believe that my life is eternal, and I believe it because it makes me feel good. But I have a profound. You're you're an, um, you're an exception. But you're you're for, an exception to those fundamentalists. You, you, most but, most but of them are like it's, that. It's not it's not illogical to, to believe that you know because like, it can go either my way. For, my concern is for sentient beings. My concern is like you know I know right. people are like several generations down are going to have to be dealing with climate change. So I want to do as much as I can in this lifetime to help them. Okay, it can go either way. You guys both discussed it. Chandler and George actually made those points on the last show. You know, Chandler made the point that which I would agree with that if you if you know that this is your one and only life, you're going to do everything you can to take care of, of your body, of the environment, of of make things count um, because this is it. This is all you have. If it, but it can go the other way. You, you can you can say, well, I'm going to live forever and I I'm going to do whatever you know whatever I want here because it doesn't really matter because I'm going to. I'm still gonna exist. I'm never really gonna die. Or, you know, it, it could it could just go either way. Like each yeah. of those scenarios can can lead, depending on the person, depending on the character of the person, um, can lead to to good or bad behavior. Right. right. Well, and let's, and, let's, and let's, you could uh, think you could think killing is okay because um, there's really no such thing, right? There's if there's eternal hypothetical, life. Hypothetical. Exactly. Everybody like that was my point last hypothetical, week. Hypothetical. 
hypothetical, people believe this is the only life, whatever, and like we know a meteor is going to strike the Earth in about a year and obliterate everybody. Do you think that makes us better people during this uh, subsequent year or uh, less good? It will do. It will do both. When when there when there is like an impending doom, you see the best. It brings out the best in people, and you see the worst of people. It always happens like that. You watch any of these disaster films, and it perfectly portrays that. You know, like it'll bring out the best in the people who are already committed to being good people for goodness' sake. It'll bring out the worst in people who don't give a shit and, and are just living for pleasure and living for themselves. So essentially, again, all it, what needs to be taught is, well is reality, is what, what matters, is that we, have, we are finite. We, we have a limited amount of time. So if you want to live forever, the only way to really live forever is to let your influence live forever, to pass on your genes or to, uh, to affect and impact the world in such a way that, like, that your, your name, your memory lives on, that, that your art or your, your writing or whatever, whatever you've created um, has lasting influence and, and, and you remember it in that way, your influence. Can I chime in a little bit here, George, back to your scenario, which I think is really brilliant, by the way. Um, I would say, I agree with Pavel here. I would say that like when we have law, for example, the reason we have, uh, societal laws, government laws, you know, that are, uh, that, that our societies, their governments, they form and they, they enforce. The reason we have that is because we have a diversity of people, right? Some people, as Pafo is alluding to, do good things because they're genuinely concerned about the pain and suffering of others. And other people won't murder, for example, because it's illegal and they fear the legal consequences. They fear being imprisoned or killed or something happening to them. So, yeah, I think in such a doomsday scenario, those two groups of people would still be those two groups of people. So we would see this. Yeah. I never do this, but in the Bible, I'm going to quote, it says, you know, let, let him who is wicked continue to be wicked. Let him who is righteous continue to be righteous, blah, blah, blah. I'll, I'll be coming soon. <laughs> but it, it's basically like, yeah, the people who have, who have been raised and inculcated and indoctrinated to think the way they think, whether it's, you know, selfishly or altruistically will still continue on in the way that they are. And, and based on... You have a catastrophe situation. You have an emergency situation. You have um, some kind of a crisis. You'll see the best in people and the worst in people. So, it all that matters, I say, is teach the truth. Like, like better to teach you know the truth than a comforting lie than a fable, as Carl Sagan said. You know, teach people um, the the true nature of life, the true nature of reality. Get away from all these delusions. Get away from all of all of this, uh, all all of this like convoluted sorted mess of of who they are who they think they are what's important in life and actually teach what matters in life and what matters in life is our biology and our our existence on this planet our coexistence with other life forms with other humans with other plants and animals um sustainability of the planet sustainability of our species that's all that matters that's biocentrism all right i got i got a question regarding truth uh, let's say they did a survey of you know the vast majority of people on the planet, or a lot of them, and they determined according to the survey that if people thought that like you know that everybody was let's say in, infected with a virus that was going to kill off everybody in a year, I'm trying to kill off the world. Um, mm-hmm. Will will the these people let's say these people say that knowing that 
you know, is going to like deeply depress them. It's going to really, really wreak havoc on their happiness. Again, about the truth. Do we tell them that truth or do we lie to them? Well, they're doing it right now. I mean, all the, the governments of the world are, are continuously lying to us, uh, telling us everything's all right or telling us that everything is, is falling apart in order to manipulate you know, our, our responses in order to uh, either get more money or more information. But, Papa, no, no. Address, address the hypothetical directly. In other words, like, you know, they, they've done a survey. The vast majority of people, upon learning that everybody's going to die in a year or so, are going to get really, really depressed. That's how. That's what they report. Now, you know, is it more ethical to to tell them the truth and have them just like live out the rest of their life really, really depressed, or is it kinder, more humane to keep that truth from them? It's like ignorance is bliss. Yeah, um, it depends on the person. Honestly, I, I, you can't you can't make a take. A, that's a, why a, a a survey. I mean, in my in my yeah. hypothetical, Papo, it's okay. Like the vast oh, I love this topic. <laughs> based on the hypothetical, based on the hypothetical, I would still tell I would still tell people the truth because I care more about the truth um, and people knowing the truth so they can make their own decisions so they can they can respond you know in a mature way. I, I on in no scenario do I ever think that it's proper or ethical or moral to delude people, to, to, to teach, um, to teach people something, uh, to, Popo, to mislead people, what, to get people. I'm, I'm not so sure. I, I might ahead. disagree with Papo on that. I mean, I, this is a hypothetical scenario where, where, um, you know, hundred percent a fact that there's no stopping this basically. Like, like no matter who you told, if you told the entire world that they couldn't work together to stop this problem. See, so, I want to say, what's the, what's the relevance so, of this? Is, is well, really the, the hypothetical scenario is, is because uh, I'm a consequentialist. So, so I, I know truth is important because of the consequences. But in this situation, the consequences supersede the truth because... But you don't know the consequences, Trick. You you're, never really... You're, you're assuming you, you do. Really know. We're assuming we do. Really yeah, but for the, thought, for the thought experiment, we're assuming we do, right? For the thought yeah, experiment, that's the, we're That's just assuming, the problem I have trouble with. I agree I, with You never really know how people are going to respond. You never know how people will respond. You never know what could change. You never, you well, don't know the future, why man. Should okay, we... well, then, then you're going against the thought experiment. And, and, and I agree with you. Like, like yeah. realistically, you could, you could never know, and, and therefore you I don't like want to tell the people. You know, you're driving down the road. You can either hit a little girl or you can hit a dog. I mean, I don't like, <laughs> I don't like situations like that. Like, put me in the situation. I'll just do – I'll just do what I got to do. I'll do what what comes naturally to me in the moment. So I I, I don't really care for thought experiments because to me they're yeah. Well, they're I actually, I do think there's value you asserted, in this thought experiment. You the truth is like ultimate. Like for example, another question is like, do you reality? Believe, the reality um, is, is like, do you believe that what actually do you believe exists killing? Be come on, do you believe killing is worse than lying? <sighs> Obviously. Um, People lie to other people all the time, and they do it to protect their feelings. They do it to protect them from harm. It de it depends on the situation. Uh, obviously, taking someone's life, completely exterminating a life, is is the finality of it. You know, it, it's such an extreme thing. Like on a scale of degrees, of course, uh, than murder. In that do you guys mind if I chime right, in so, for so a so second? Uh, yes, uh, please uh, do. Let's have a talk. Hold on, Mitchell. Let, let me just okay. do a follow-up, then you go. All right, um, Papa, my follow-up question is, like, for example, let's say Donald Trump, uh, you knew he was going to push a button and, like, 
you know, nuclear war, kill hundreds of millions of people. You had a, an opportunity to kill um, Trump before he did that. Would you do it? Yeah. I mean, you just said that, that killing is worse than lying. Depending on the situation. You didn't ask me. Yeah, I was. I just gave you the situation. Morals. He's right. he's gonna he's gonna right. like push the button. Nuclear war, dude. Morality. I know. Is I, know I would. Morality is an emergent is an emergent property. Okay, that is absolutely determinant on on the situation, the scenario. You, you know I'm, I'm giving to say? you the situation. Okay, in that situation, yes. Then I would take out I would take out one dictator who was going to. Of course, I I, I never I never advocated a, a Ten Commandments, a list of Thou shalt nots. I said that that morality is is organic. I've always said it's organic and and it's evolving and um it's it's based on the information that you have and it's based on the scenario and the situation. We have a general rule to honor and respect life, but it all depends on on the circumstance and the situation. Okay, so Mitch, you want to say something? Yeah. So man, I feel like I we're so far from it now. But going back to um, that hypothetical scenario you posed about how if you revealed the truth of some impending doom and you were fairly certain or absolutely certain there was nothing we could do about it and you knew one major consequence of revealing that information is that people would be depressed, that you knew all this information, not just depressed, but they would be just absolutely dismal. They would be, you know... In a, a psychological stupor, right? Um, I agree right, with right. Poffo here because I don't think the see the, I don't like philosophies that try to be all consuming. I like the idea of instead of being dedicated to some philosophical idea, to be concerned about what is appropriate to be concerned about, and of course that's very vague. But in this sense, I greatly agree. I strongly agree with Pafo here. For example, why should we try to maximize happiness? I understand, like, I am definitely against pain and suffering, reducing pain and suffering, even ideally ending, let's say, physical pain. I'm all for that. But I don't necessarily agree with the idea of maximizing happiness, like making sure. We are as blissed out as you like to say. You should trademark there's that. No, right, there's no one answer. I hear you. Let's say we just limit it to max, um, limiting pain. Well, we don't well, have to well, maximize happiness. We're well, already doing that with, with anesthesia and, and with pain medication. No, no, no I'm no, talking no, about no, in that no, hypothetical. Depression is pain. Depression is, is, is suffering, right? It's a form right? of pain. I, that's why I said physical pain. I made sure I was clear about that. In other words, I personally am not obsessed with eliminating, let's say, non-physical pain really I just aren't no i definitely depends it depends actually all physical pain, pain. Is physical really i don't think we should be obsessed <laughs> okay, with anything. All right, whatever. i don't whatever think we should be wanna... obsessed with anything i think we should we should focus our attention on whatever is needed in, well, in each in every given situation when it comes to physical pain i think anyone who tries to argue for physical pain i think that is just an argument that can be absolutely demolished and for most cases, I would say psychological pain as well. However, I would take honesty over a certain degree of psychological pain. Like, I don't mind if there's a certain degree of psychological or emotional pain. I would rather have the truth than have yeah. everyone just blissed out crazily. I mean, think it's like so. And I don't I think it's impossible to really argue. It's axiom. If you if you are of the opinion 
that you should maximize happiness. That's not something you can prove. It's just a stance that you're taking. You know what I mean? So, so, so I let's say let's say that somebody is really religious and they're on their deathbed. Okay, they're going to die in about ten minutes, and you have the opportunity to convince them that their religion is wrong and it's, they're it's not irrelevant. going to heaven. Yeah. And, what, and what's that? You you go ahead and and do that even no. though. Even At that point, we just don't have to tell them anything. <laughs> this is like your grandmother. Who are you asking? This is somebody who comfort them. you love a lot. You'd comfort you them, asking? right? You'd lie to them. them. You, 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 I wouldn't lie. I wouldn't lie, Trick. I would you, comfort you would, them in my, you would in my own take way. take them out of their delusion. So, so, so the same thing Same thing no, here. I, okay. No, 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 no. Not the, no, not the same thing. Again, I agree I with Paul. I wouldn't lie. I would comfort, but I wouldn't lie. Wouldn't I wouldn't focus it. on it. I, I would. I would kind of steer it away, and I would. I would focus on you know what's what's actually yes, happening. Would you? Well, actually, would you actually, tell them? Would actually, you convince trick, them trick. if you if you, you had the what? chance to convince trick. them? You know what? That's actually a terrible example because they're about to die. So yeah, and, 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 and a life. year later, a year later, in this other scenario, everybody's about to die as well. See, so hey, I have something point. to say. I gotta say something here. That's wait. I'm saying because they're about to die, that might make me even more inclined to tell the truth because now. The amount of time they're going to suffer is short. In other words, if you're going to die in three seconds, <laughs> I'm not saying like, I'm really. Saying so, so, so you, no, no, so you no, don't no, see no, anything problematic. Heaven and hell doesn't exist. Jesus is made let up. Me it's all fairy tale. It's all fiction. Let, let me ya. just finish. Let me Goodbye. just finish the thought. Right? You're the consequentialist guy. For some reason, you're proud to say that. All, I mean, everyone's a consequentialist to some extent. But anyway, they're about to die. Let's say there are three seconds left in this world. It right. makes it seems more reasonable to tell the truth. There's three seconds left. What, would, what would be the purpose of that? Three seconds of psychological pain. That's why would, a very, why would you nah, like, see, now three seconds of psychological very, pain? That's a very different argument. Can I, can I say but something? Again, I'm not I want to say I something. I want to get I'm an just overarching. someone might make that argument. Oh, it's not a lot of time. And that's why I wouldn't do that. I would just comfort them. I, I'm saying Here's why what, would, like any psychological pain, why would you inflict it if they're going to die in, in, in even the an minute? Overarching point, yeah. An overarching point here is that <laughs> morality is not set in stone. It is it is contingent on the circumstance and, the, and that does not mean I, I believe in moral relativism. Okay? But what I'm saying is that like, like you can't have these across the board rules that apply in every single scenario because they don't. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't have laws. That doesn't mean you shouldn't have general guidelines. But it, yeah. but it means that like you can't have religious laws that are set in stone that apply but, to every. But George is given a scenario where the is, majority of people on the planet, the, the like there, there's there's seven billion people on this planet, and and the majority question, of them I, are going to go into a deep a depression. Question, George, and, why did you ask this question? Why what why what's the significance of, of asking this? What what would our answer uh, you know mean to well, you? It, it, it followed your your um, description of truth as being very valuable. So I was kind of like wondering whether you consider truth more valuable than the sentient experience of human beings. When I say that it's valuable, when I say that it's valuable, it's in relation to what the person will end up finding out anyway. It, it's what the person will probably most likely end up um, experiencing and being exposed to, and what is important and beneficial to the whole. That's what I when I say that, that that teaching reality, teaching truth without delusion, without any convoluted ideas, without um, you know fairy tales and and, and mythology and false hope. What's that? Personally, I think teaching I the truth is is consequentially better. It's almost always consequentially well, not almost always, but I mean, but it but it, uh, most of the time consequentially better. Right. Uh, but obviously, like else, you have the scenario where the, not... you know someone is uh, hoarding or holding. 
Jews in their basement and the Nazis come and blah, blah, blah. You want to lie to them. So it's, it's not consequentially better at that point. And you, of course, you wouldn't tell them the truth, uh, right? Well, I, have, I still have something to say that I was... And specifically important in that scenario is that you care for uh, and respect life. Life. That's, right. that's, that, that's the thing. So in George's always... scenario, it's about the suffering of people, basically. It's a, so, and, he, and, he's, and he's given the scenario in which you can't change the outcome. Obviously, if, if we thought that, there's, that there was a chance of telling these people and they can find a solution well, to the outcome, then, the then it's a different situation. Yeah. Tell the people who can handle it. Don't tell the people who can't handle it. And, you know, just... Do what, what's necessary uh, in each circumstance. That's what I would say. Do what's necessary for the, for could, the better. If you can do that with covering it up, yeah, sure. If, if, if those people that, that can handle it can cover it up, sure. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, you can't, be, you can't be obsessed with anything. You can't be obsessed with truth. You can't be obsessed with pleasure. You can't be obsessed with getting rid of pain. You have to just take uh, life like, like as it is, like organically, and, and move I with, agree with Paul cycles to flow. very strongly right now. You have, you, you have to uh, – life is, life is fluid. Life is organic. Nothing in life, nothing is static. Nothing stays the same. Everything's constantly shifting. And I think – may I – so I think oh, this is why philosophers it. and philosophy gets a bad rap because many philosophers, they use strong, rigorous logic. They make really good points, but then they become obsessed with their own philosophies, and they have this – for some reason, they're just – doggedly stick to this idea and they ignore other concerns so it seems very natural to say we should maximize happiness or to say we should completely end pain and suffering right and, and if you heard me many times campaign to and to do just that end pain and suffering but despite that despite the fact that i think in most situations pain and suffering definitely has to go away I would allow for a reality, for example, where there's a little bit of pain and suffering should be less for the, should, for the yeah, sake of knowing the truth or for the sake of knowing what pain feels like, so on and so on. You know, like like when people talk about religion, right, when an atheist argues with a believer, one common point of contention is the, is the degree of pain and suffering that exists in this physical reality. And an argument that I see people fail to make, especially from the non-believer side, is not just that there's so much pain and suffering, but why doesn't God just make it, you know, like a little bit? Like imagine if, imagine if the most amount of pain you'd ever feel is like a punch in the stomach just once. That uh, yeah, we can handle that. The idea that God exists, because well, yeah, you if you're if argument. you're asking why, it's because they they explain it away by saying that you know a man chose to sin, he ate the fruit, uh, the devil, yeah, you know, makes... had free will, so. They explain it away by, by throwing but, but it But even that, uh, but of course those loopholes. are explanations as we all know. But those explanations don't explain degree. Degree is what's important, right? So if, if God wants to send a message, he could send a message by doing things to a lesser degree, right? So God, that's, you guys, guys got to remember, free will is nowhere in the Bible. And in Isaiah, God, Isaiah quotes God himself as saying, you know, I created evil. evil. So they and say I there. create evil. Yeah. Did you yeah, guys, none of us believe in it. So anyway, Mitch, Mitch, is saying, God, so. Mitch is saying he'd allow these certain things, but he's not really explaining why he'd allow them. So, so there the, is no the why. philosopher. Point, I have a strong. Well, that's the thing. So you're saying you're just saying no I would allow them, and the philosopher says, "Well, this, these are the reasons why I wouldn't allow." No, them. no, no. no. If, if you ask why, is always a question that will eventually lead to nothingness. There's always an infinite regression. This is why science 
especially modern day public intellectuals have this battle between the words how and why. We've heard people such as, you know, Dawkins or Krauss. Then, or, then you can say that for pretty much any ethical Mitch, position. And you yes. Have. And so you already know why. Exactly and, and then why you have the problem definitions? of saying, well, why, why reduce suffering at all? And, and Again, whoa, whoa, whoa. my argument isn't people. that I have a problem. My argument is that everyone has this problem. That's a problem for everything, right? There is never, one second, let me just finish. There is never, ever, ever a sufficient why, ever. If you keep asking why, you will always no, be to a to, point to avoid pain, where it's to create pleasure. We're, this we're is hard to reasons. For Again, why? Why do, why do everything? that? Okay, but George, you can say do That's, that. No, no. Why? Aristotle. Why? Aristotle said that happiness is the only end in life. Everything why? else is a means. So everything, the why to everything, is happiness. No, 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 no. No. Again, logically, right? You say we should maximize happiness. I go why. You see, there is, there is no why to that because, like, exactly, we're, we're that's my point. That's my point. Happiness. Exactly. And once there is no why, you've proven my point. Once you say, and, and once point. there is no why, then you're then you're advocating anything. You're advocating I'm, rape. You're advocating. I'm not. No, no, no. Again, no, I am listen, not advocating Mitch, anything. You're, you're, make, you're saying the there's no reason to make it illegal, no for example. You're, you're, there's no, no, no reason no. because it, you guys are no no you guys are misconstruing what I want and what I think is this is the the is ought problem all, all over again right so I'm not saying that I want people to rape people I'm just saying when you really think about it is what I contend there is never a sufficient why ever this is why in mathematics you start with axioms there's always axioms things that you begin with so yeah if you begin with everything is centered on happiness then you do this. No, we just have to begin with the the fact that that negative. We just have to begin with the fact that negative experience is a bad experience. That's That's all we have to know. Again, we should save that for a different time. But it's like pi. It's just like pi. It's just like the mathematical equation, and and it goes on forever, and it's infinite. And and that's the reason why it, it it's infinite. So that as long as you have to begin with something, that's it. That's just my point. My point is just that you begin with something. That you so you're saying you can't my... use reason because all reason begins with some axiom. Again, I, I am every not single saying you can't use anything. I'm, I'm. This is an is odd problem now. I'm just what I want is separate, okay, from the way things are. I'm making a point about what I contend, what I'm arguing is the way things are. In that, if you keep asking why, there will come a point, a starting point in logic. Logic starts with points. There's starting points. That's what an axiom is. It's a starting point in logic. There right. cannot be, there can't be, okay? An expl- there can't be enough whys. There will always yes. be a and, lack and of whys. You can apply this to an You can always be question. The answer to every why is happiness. Again, you're just the you're saying that you're not. Ex- you're, there's no. Can we take no, turns? Mitch, I'm just saying that. I'm saying that because biologically, this is biology. This started. isn't philosophy. We're hardwired physiologically to seek pleasure and avoid well, pain. Yeah, what George is saying is true, and that's part of the whole reality. But can I say something? I've been trying to say this forever. Okay, I agree with you, Mitch. I agree with you that that you know, there'll always be the the question of why. There'll always be the unanswerable existential questions. But I have an answer. The answer is existence itself. The, the existence and the experience of everything that's happening is the reason why. And I've said this before to you guys, but nobody ever really understood it. I've argued with Trick about it. Think about it. If you want to 
talk about it later. We can, but I'm giving you the answer. The answer is for wait, the experience Papa, itself. Papa, yeah. wait a minute. If we ask the question, if the question becomes why does the universe exist, I think the answer is who 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 knows? <laughs> you know, we don't like, need to so, know, you know those initial whys. All we need to know is the facts about experiences that are negative. I mean, we, we, should, we should focus on this things. planet. We should focus on our, our species. We should focus on the organisms around us. Yeah, we should focus on, you know, this present uh, reality and, and what's what's applicable to the human condition. I agree. And But when you ask these really, really deep questions, and uh, Mitch is right, it's like there's no answer to them. I say that the answer is what's actually happening, that all of this is the reason why. And I, I from a, from a sentient perspective, from the, the the perspective of any sentient being, the the reason is always more pleasure, less pain, more happiness, less unhappiness. Now, you're, what you're talking about, George, is what motivates a person, what what drives someone, what what their yes, the, the motivation to everything. In other okay. words, why is, do we do uh, anything? Is, I agree. Why but, do we learn okay. happiness? George, if, why do we George, work if happiness? You think for? that's the way things are? That it's not an argument, okay, for what we ought to do. So that's that's a. That's this is the classic a classic problem in philosophy, right? If you so if you make an argument that stems from we are hardwired to do this, feel pleasure and avoid pain, whatever, that's just is. That's not this that. is beyond miss. This is beyond what it's I'd not what we ought to do. It's what we can't but do. I need this to say I, something. I, I, I need to yeah, say something. again, again, George. Motherhood, motherhood and sacrifice this, well, makes no sense. I'd argue According that to pleasure, ethics, motherhood and sacrifice make no sense. It's prescriptive. Motherhood Papa, and sa sacrifice. sacrifice is about conscience. It's the sacrifice, pleasure of conscience. No, sacrifice and motherhood is an instinctual drive that, that allows the next generation to carry on, and it makes no sense in terms of that perspective. George, I agree with you in general. that it's, It makes it's sense. Pleasure, it, it's, but, it's more pleasurable to the mother to satisfy her conscience. Uh, it's not pleasurable. It, they don't get anything out of it. They just know that it's the right thing to do because it's been programmed in them. Because that's the, that's that, the reward. Yeah. In that's other words, not, like, that's, not, that's me, not pleasure, you know, That's not I, a pleasure. They're, they're dying, and they're, but their child is living. Pleasure. Just, no, the pleasure of satisfying it, the conscience is a very, very evolved. It's a very, very powerful pleasure. Animals do this, and they don't, and they don't have a, a, an evolved prefrontal lobe, a, 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 you know, neocortex. They, they have very instinctual drives, and they do this because it's what nature programmed them to do because the survival of the species, the perpetuation of the next generation, that's the most important thing. You know, life who wants to reproduce. So I, I've been concerned about, like everyone else here, I think Pafo said it best, right? We're all concerned about animal rights, and, you know, we're all concerned about conscious sentient creatures that can feel pain right we care about them and i've recently in the past about ants say, and bugs too yeah go for it i've been talking about veganism a lot for the past that's year. really the only thing to care about okay hold, hold on george so i've been trying it right i've been i've been doing this vegan thing for about let's say four or five months now right and i, I would like to give you guys you know i think you guys have influenced me a lot in that endeavor but um uh many people who eat meat we talked about carnism earlier they make those same kind of arguments, those is-ought problematic statements. They go, we are omnivores. We can eat meat. And they try to use that to argue that we should eat meat because yeah. we can't eat meat. And we all but know here because we're logical. That's illogical. Sure. I agree. It is illogical to say we should do something because we are the way we are. We can change. Yeah. Influences yeah. well, influences but, change us. But Mitch, this is, you're, you're not talking about veganism, right? Even if we wanted to, even if we wanted to, 
this 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 pleasure pain you know um motivation we can't as as hard as we might try we but can't I just, escape I just, I just told you how it can be overridden George, anyway can, no. I, can i say something can i say something i agree with mitch um on the ids off gap there's there's a there's a gap between what is and what we ought to do there there, there always was you can't you can't logically leap that gap on the on the other hand we can d- understand that there is what what is logically ethically the most ethical action, regardless of whether one decides they ought or ought not to do that. I so, disagree so with that completely. The description has to come before prescription. Just, just like why when you because because any prescription has to have a description that you're prescribing first. So if we're prescribing a pill to somebody, that pill is descriptively the cure for the disease, regardless if the person takes the pill and, and becomes cured, regardless if they reject the prescription or not, it's still descriptively the, the cure. It's the same thing. You have to have the description to prescribe. You can't, you can't jump and prescribe as the description. That's, that's a mistake. And, and, and I, I'm, so it's a mistake in thinking. But, but regardless, yes, I agree with Mitch that there's an is-ought gap. So you have to have, you, you can, you can I would understand like, I would what like to... is ethically problematic and at the same time, you can say, "Well, the ought is something different." Well, how, like about, how about if we say, "How about if we say we ought to do the right thing?" Is there anything wrong with that? No, the right thing is just determined. It, it on just doesn't. The, it's the right thing. The right yes. thing. It doesn't follow logically that one ought do the right thing. Is, is what Mitch is saying. Like, like, well, there, well, how why do you ought? have to do the right thing? How are you defining right. ought? Even if we had, oh, we knew what the right thing. There's no logical connection that's that one ought, like a psychopath, doesn't care about the right thing. So why ought the psychopath do the right thing? So so you need, you do need some kind of. Um, I would say biologically. I'd say biologically, in, for the, for the success of of the organism of the group of organisms of the species, it, it makes sense to do the right thing. Well, you need some kind of concern to do the right thing. You you need to. Be concerned about doing the right thing before you can be prescribed that ought. How are you so, defining ought? What one should do. And what, why would one 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 why should one do anything? Well, that's the thing. You, that oughts oughts aren't based on ises. Oughts are I based like, on if if one is concerned over. I feel like we're in philosophical. Right. And so, so it's like, no, no, like so, like the if then turns into because. Because we're hardwired to seek pleasure and avoid pain, we ought to do those things with which bring us pleasure again, and Izzot. move us away from pain. You're just falling into the Izzot trap again. Just... It's it's an inescapable because we're replacing if with because. No, it's not inescapable. Yeah. You George, are falling into George, it. You are if, saying if one, if one takes pleasure is... of eating meat, then one ought eat meat, according to your your exactly. Uh, so so but so if one takes pleasure in killing. If, if a psychopath takes pleasure in killing, then they ought kill. So that, that doesn't follow logic. Well, no, actually, but because when we use this this pleasure, pain, um, you know, motivation, it's not um, basically it's not limited to ourselves, and it's not uh, it's not momentary. In other words, like we might run a marathon, you know, endure some pain hey. to feel the greater pleasure of having run the marathon. Hey guys, hey, I have a few things to say. First of all. It's past my bedtime, and this needs to end soon. Yeah, but second too, of all, I, go. um, I have a quote from my mother. See, here's the deal. I sent George's emails um, to my mother for her opinion. We needed a woman's opinion here because 
This is this is weird, and I wanted to read her response here. That is just plain sick. What makes women responsible for the morality of the planet more oh, than Chandler, men? Oh, Chandler, no, wait a minute. That I, I never said that. I never said that women are responsible for that. I, I said that basically, like, that we were, were more successful at our evolutionary role than women have been <laughs> at theirs. Yeah, yeah. We probably break this uh, into two episodes, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. You but, know I, I got to go, guys, so I'm, uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Um, yeah. I'll see you guys. Yeah, we will have to continue this in the future. But, I, but I'm just pointing out that... There is a the way George Word his email was deeply offensive, um, and it's and I don't think he meant to be Chandler. I don't I don't think it was intended to be. I, I don't I think he it. realized you know the um, sort of sort of the the archaic uh, sort of tone of, of the way what he was saying. You know that it, that it, it's very it sounded very uh, sexist and yeah you know, it, but, it, it does. It that way, but, but okay, I'll see you guys. Bye. Yeah, and, I, and I, yeah. I don't think he meant it that way at all. I, I think he had good intentions. I think he was just pin, trying to pinpoint, you know, a, a source of, of problems and, and source of corruption. And I just think he was looking in the wrong direction. It was just yeah, it's definitely it looking in the wrong direction. And I yeah. and I will admit, what he was presenting during the recording was much milder than the way his email sounded. But I still feel that the whole thing was really wrong. And that subject kind of got dropped, and then people got off into arguing about other topics. And it's really kind of it's really kind of sad how it turns so Chandler, out. So Chandler, why why did you why did you let him continue in that direction? If you didn't like the subject, it's your show, man. Well, <laughs> why did you? Go- I I try, I couldn't get a word in edgewise. I kept trying to say yeah, those things I needed to say. Have we officially ended the show yet, by the way? The well, we haven't officially ended, and that's what I intend to do now. That was a good time. If you yes, <laughs> that was a very good time because this was nuts. Okay, so you've been listening to philosophy, science, and religion. And as you already know, if you've been listening, it's been complete chaos where we haven't really stayed on a consistent topic. Started with the women thing, then it moved into politics and morality and bigger things and about whether we should lie to dying people and, oh, weirdness. But I hope you enjoyed it. I I tend to – I think – it, this was very interesting, although nobody got to say everything they needed to say. So we may have to continue some of these topics in the future. As for now, thank you for listening and goodbye.